Build the mall. Jesus. <laughs> build the mall. This is almost like Warhammer. You gotta do construction, you gotta paint the mall. Well, you unfold the game board, you place the game unit on the game board, you place the four mall walls on, then you place the upper floor pathway, and then you insert twenty two locations and two elevators. Jesus. Okay, there's a there's a bit here. It's a whole thing. You gotta build a mall to play the game, Barry. Ugh. Did you not look at the back of the box? It's a whole structure. Once a player has purchased six items, the game voice, the game voice, whatever this it's thing electric. is, will we'll announce, now get to the parking lot to win. If oh. you reach your color parking Exciting. lot before anyone else buys go. their six items and reaches their parking lot, you win. And then you hear the, cele- just the celebration button. There's an ice cream shop here called the Funny Lickin' Ice Cream Shop. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, Barry. Yeah. One of the things it says is, move three spaces and send a friend to Funny Lickin'. <laughs> Tell me there's nothing funny about that. Well, Speaking of ice cream, has anybody here ever been to Salt and Straw? Uh, no. I've heard of it, though. No. Salt and Straw? Tell I've heard it's really good. I it just is. Ice cream. So it's very bizarre ice cream combinations. Um, like, for example, one of the ones that I had was uh, strawberries and balsamic vinaigrette. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds very uh, good. Mm-hmm. It actually was pretty tasty. But, yeah, they have a bunch of different uh, ice cream flavors. Oh, that's the place that we went. We saw in down in the Disney Springs in Orlando. Uh, yeah, they have one there. They also have one in downtown Disney. But they're all over California. Um, is there one here in Vegas? There is supposed to be one built here. I don't have information on when that's going to be built yet. Okay, so I won't be having salt and straw anytime soon. Yeah. Probably. Thanks, Jeff. It's very I mean, good for us, uh, Todd. <laughs> But like it's 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 really kind of weird. Uh, well, like for example, this classic West Coast flavors, you know, that's just your typical stuff like cinnamon snickerdoodle, um, salted malted chocolate and cookie dough. But then you get into olive oil, you get stuff like uh, lemon marigold, amaro sherbet. That sounds amazing. Jasmine milk tea. Uh, that, that's just yeah. some of the the. The normal ones. I'm trying to find the crazy bizarre flavors. Kirsten, have you ever been to Steaks and More in Prague? Pear and Blue Cheese. That's the other one I was trying to remember. Pear, pear and Blue Cheese. Steaks and More. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Steaks I, and I, More. I, uh, Steaks uh, and More in Prague. Great. Penguins and Seals in Antarctica. Very. Tasty. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. A little bit oily. That's some good. Eventually, stuff. we'll get one in Vegas, though, so Jeff can try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, in my job, had to review some eateries in Tampa, and actually... Wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. You, have you ever been to Tampa? No. Okay, then. To, yeah. How are you reviewing them? Well, I'm, de- I'm describing them. I'm describing places to, that conventioneers can go to when they're at the Tampa Convention Center. And Tampa... This is what I wrote, this one article. All right. This one, this one paragraph. Tampa can get summery and all, and when it does, you'll want some ice cream. Bright ice at 505 Water Street is Jeff, like... Jeff, ben. ever had bright ice? You ever had bright ice, Jeff? Nope. Yeah. It's like Ben and Jerry's Gone South by way of Beverly Hills. 
Hmm. Scoop shop with flavors like warm vanilla, vanilla with warm hints of cinnamon and brown sugar. I like it. Mint with chocolate chunks. That's chunks. That's Maybe so much l- different. Lemon with crystallized ginger. Oh, I'd, I'd have that. And uh, Jeff D, how about roasted strawberries with brown sugar and balsamic? Hmm. Okay, I'm down. Pe- yeah. Pineapple with brown butter and pecans. That's Are- browned. That's pecans browned in butter. When are we going to get one of those in Vegas? Yeah, really. My favorite that I just read about, I, I want so bad, is blueberries with cinnamon. That sounds good. And you know how you can tell that their shit is legit? Their key lime pie. <laughs> key lime pie. <laughs> their key lime pie is not dyed green. That's a big plus. Good. Yeah. That shows that they're not. Uh, they're That's not like the white ginger out. instead of the pink ginger in uh, sushi. Now, I have never found a key lime pie. That isn't from like a bakery or somebody that specializes in pies. Like uh, your average grocery shop can't find a decent key lime pie. Yeah, no. Yeah. no, no. In fact, anything that says key lime pie that's mass produced tastes nothing like key lime. Pie. Yeah, no. Uh, <coughs> what about like Marie Callender's? Yeah, something? when I was at Marie Callender's for my two week uh, career in serving, uh, the key lime during the and I was right there over the Easter holidays. The key lime pie was the shit. That oh, yeah. was the one that was Ooh. the major order. What about that pie place you take me to in California, Deb? What's the name of that place? Polly's Pies? Polly's Pies. Do they have a good key lime? Uh, they don't do key lime. That's not kind of like their thing. They do a lot of old home style, old fashioned pies. What's that one jam you get? Do they make a pie out of that? What is that? Bumbleberry. Mm-hmm. And that's not pie, but they do they do a banberry pie, which is really good. It's fresh strawberries and bananas. With a banana cream. Oh, it's really that good. Great. It's really good. Razzleberry was the other Marie Callender's that was, I guess that's a particular Marie Callender's flavor, whatever the fuck. See, I don't think you could make a podcast out of just talking about pie. You'd what have to talk you? about sandwiches. Yeah, what could you make it out of, Mary? <laughs> sandwiches. Jesus Christ. That, yeah, that, I'm bringing this up. We talked about that. We need a sister podcast <laughs> where I just talk about sandwiches. Maybe put, once a month. Put a pin in that. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 686. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. I like sandwiches. And Deb. And we're here to talk week and geek. Oh, all right, go back to your pitch. Okay, my pitch is this. Uh, our podcast Every, ah, I don't know, every once a month or so, because how much could you talk about sandwiches? Um, I think I could I think I could crack out two episodes a month, honestly, but I don't want to push it to begin with. Uh, I, we talk about various sandwiches, their history, and, and how good they are, uh, you know, what, class of, what is called, qualifies as a sandwich and not a sandwich, what sucks, what's good. I, you know, this is just off the top of my head. I haven't put any thought into this. It sounds like it. It yeah. sounds to me like an episode of a larger culinary podcast, Barry. <laughs> Maybe a two-parter. See, the word culinary imparts some kind of... Pretension. Yeah. In which, no, there's no pretension here. It's just people who like to eat sandwiches. Kirsten, just because you and I are making contact, eye contact right now, Barry not pretentious about anything? Does yeah. that sound like a real-world description? I'm going to try no. not to be pretentious. No. See, Deb, what? Deb, Deb didn't even hesitate try? to say no. I'm going to try not to be pretentious. I'm going to keep my pinkies down. You can't physically do that. <laughs> hmm. I can try. You, you have tried. Down. You have tried. There's a sticker there somewhere. All right. You know what? Uh, there's the pitch. Uh, I haven't accepted the pitch yet. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> but but now that uh, 
now that the pitch is there and we haven't green lighted it yet however we do want to see proof of concept so uh go ahead and give me a five minute uh sandwich five podcast. minutes 60 seconds five minutes six, i'm not giving you five minutes right now five minutes in 60 seconds let's go five minutes in 60 seconds okay great uh, elevator pitch welcome to sandwich shock i'm your host uh, no you can't sandwich shock that's a derivative uh, give it a, a, an original name your mom's derivative what? i don't know we haven't what? thought of the sa- we haven't thought of the name yet you're you got you're doing the show you gotta we. pitch it the ugly sandwich there's no show. we in this it's barry it, oh, it's barry. just gonna be me none of you people even even just to foil me a little I'll, bit I'll, I'll 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 do it with you just to foil you okay i'll take that so maybe even you, aluminum you play straight man. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's almost ruined right it's now. It's better Ba-dum-tick. to wrap a sandwich in than cellophane. Yeah. Okay, we could talk about that, but the problem is, I agree. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here, <laughs> no, Barry, no, 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 no. as well as being your foil. I, yes. I haven't even that's heard another that. sticker. Right cellophane there, is not a thing to wrap a sandwich in. No, no, that's I, that's I, like some cheap deli shit from the grocery store. Yes. Yeah. Now you could wrap a sandwich in butcher paper. Butcher that's, paper. Butcher is the paper's best. fine. Foil, eh, not as good. Well, you got to you got to do the butcher paper because it keeps the uh, the ingredients fresh. And uh, if you're gonna put toppings on there, any of your wet toppings have to be done separately. If you're taking that sandwich to go, or it's gonna be sitting in the uh, refrigerator for a while. Well, the problem with that is you got to eat it quick. Well, yes, it's but if you're gonna put to- lettuce on, you want to put the lettuce separate. If you're going to put tomato on it, you want to put the tomatoes separate if it's going to sit a little while before you consume it. No, I'm not going to make a like sandwich. No there. sandwich shop on sucked. the planet yeah. is going to is going to put lettuce and tomato on one side. And oh, we're talking about the McDLT, aren't we? You're talking about the McDLT. <laughs> he, he caught Back me. to McDonald's. Back to McDonald's we go. I remember that. I was there. Kids. There was a thing called the McDLT that had, in its awful styrofoam containers, one side it had the the cold ingredients, and the other side it had the hot ingredients. Good idea in concept, bad in in execution. I caught, when I worked at McDonald's, I caught the very tail end. We were phasing it out when I started. So they were going to sell it up until the styrofoam was gone, and then (sighs) it was done. Wow, use up all the packaging and be done with it. Because it didn't require any extra ingredients. It's just basically this all the ingredients we had in house and they simply put the the lettuce and tomato on the the quarter pounder bun on the one side and then they put the quarter pound meat and the heel on the other side. Now I agree that lettuce and tomato on a burger, if you let it sit for too long, it's gonna get soggy and gross. When I order when I'll order like a deluxe sandwich with lettuce and tomato and all that, or just a burger to go. I'm going to eat it quick. I'm not going to have it sit there. I hate when the food takes forever. I hate ordering burgers um, to go uh, for that reason. But everything else, like you can order tacos to go. You can order like enchiladas and stuff like that. What's but, all this burger shit? I thought we were talking about sandwiches. <laughs> burgers burgers are sandwich. technically sandwiches because oh. according to the cube rule, uh, see, uh, googlecuberule.com, uh, the starches are on the top and the bottom. Yeah, by this rule, anything that's wrapped is called sushi. Though, really, that you could call it oh, like oh, uh, a wrap. Oh. So, so you're saying when I'm at Galaxy's Edge and I have a Ronto wrap, I'm actually eating sushi. Um, no, because no. a Ronto wrap is more like a, a gyro pita sandwich. Which is like a, a, a quiche. All right, okay. that's five minutes. That was five minutes of of sandwich talk oh, or whatever. That's, you were that's five about. minutes our listeners will never get back. <laughs> All right, I've called this meeting a done right production. Okay, we're right the green light. All right, there we have proof of concept on a sandwich podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking we don't fund the whole season, maybe a half season, six episodes, and we see how it goes from there, or maybe it grows up from there. What do you think, Kay? Red. <laughs> Deb, what's your thoughts? 
Green if you limit to 15 minutes. 15 (laughs) (laughs) minutes. It's like the picture pages. Yeah. uh, That's about as long as you'll keep my attention on that subject. Hey, if it comes with the fancy pen, I'm all about it. All right, so we got to the sandwich program with uh, starring uh, Barry and Jeff. Uh, I, I I like it. I'll do uh, six episodes, but no more. And if uh, if it catches on, it catches on. Ooh, a half season. We got green lit. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Woo! Oh, shock monkeys. I don't know if you enjoy that or not, but I got a feeling you're going to tell me. <laughs> please, please tell us. Honestly, tell oh us. Oh, my God. You know what the best part of this is? I got to do some research. <laughs> I got to go eat some sandwiches. Yes, that's the best part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's been a little while since we give away some. We got two things to give away today, and one of them is the friggin' mini is finally done. The uh, Electra uh, Ninja mini that I did. We already gave something away. My great idea. G- not- gave it away is right. Feel free to run with yes, it. Take yes, yes. Someone, uh, someone else do this so Pat, we don't have go to. go with it. Jake, jump on it. No. <laughs> uh, so let's spin it and uh, give that give away a mini to a Kofi member. All right. Jeff, I need a theme song. He's got one track. But it's a good track. All right. I got it. Who's this number? That is Deb T. Kofi Deb. Congratulations. You are the winner of this Yay. mini. Congratulations. Uh, I Yay. haven't chosen the next mini, but I kind of already have in my mind. Pictures will be up shortly. I think it might be a Star Wars mini. But, well, we'll get there when they get there. Ooh, Star yeah. Wars. Uh, so, uh, let's also give away something random to uh, one of our Kofi members. Yes, random. something that I guarantee you will or will not like. And we'll That's have a guarantee. Something to do with the, the episode. <laughs> okay. I need another theme song, right. Jeff. Random. Random. What the? Random. 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 This Random. Random. All right, I got someone. Oh. You said I had one track. I tried something new. Who who invited DJ Jazzy Jeff to the show? <laughs> you tried something new, like like uh, Garth Brooks tried Chris Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, sir? Chris Gaines is a god. <laughs> <laughs> Garth Brooks, on the other hand, yeah. Glumly, you're gonna get something in the mail. Oh, Glumly, good luck. Well, that sounds like a threat. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go into the show. What geeky things you do this week, uh, Deb? All right, so um, going back to a couple more things that I did while I was sick because I was out for a long time. <clears throat> I actually watched a show on Disney Plus that's a French show called Parallels. And I think it's focused more on like young teens um, because the subject matter, but uh I definitely wouldn't have like younger kids watch it, put it that way. Um, so the show takes place. It is a French TV show. So you have to either put the subtitles on or have it dubbed in English. I always prefer subtitles because I cannot stand dubbing. It just, I can't concentrate on anything that's going on and the voices do not match the people and I hate it. Feel you. So the show is about a small village in France in the mountains. Um, and they have built a their own Hadrian Collider, and they are testing things. And things happen every time they run a test in a very specific location. It 
kind of displaces people into parallel worlds. Oh, I like it. Um, it was very interesting, and I really like how they did it. Um, it it was not one of those super ridiculous far fetched things. Wasn't that made in the nineties? They called it sliders. No, sliders was it kind of sliders it was about kind of hamburgers. <laughs> sliders Ooh. almost took the the route <laughs> of um, uh, oh god, what is that TV? Why am I blanking on the TV show? Sliders? Quantum Leap? No, Quantum Leap. Sliders was more towards Quantum Leap where like they just kept like jumping and jumping and jumping. This is, it has displaced them and you don't know. They think they disappear. Then the people who end up in the parallel world think the other people disappeared and they are trying to figure out like what happened. Ah, so it's like Fringe. A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) But... I really enjoyed, and they talk about the science. Uh, the mother of one of the teens um, is works at the, you know, the location. She's like the assistant director for the Hadrian Collider project and all these things. Hadron, Hadron, sorry. Um, I like the wall of Hadron. But I really, I really enjoyed it. It was very peculiar. It was one of those where I was like, oh, I'll watch one more, and I'll just watch one more. Okay, I can do another one. Let's do this, and. I don't. I can't tell if they're going to do another season. Obviously, they left it to where they could if they wanted to. Um, but it is a French show, and I know a lot of European TV shows don't go for tons of seasons like they do in the U.S. So, and what's the name of it again? Parallels, and it's on Disney Plus. I really enjoyed it. If you enjoy stories about parallel worlds, it is a very interesting story the way they've done it, for sure. And then the other one is a show that is... T- How French is it? Is it like people being snooty? <laughs> no. Is Gerard Depardieu in it? No. <laughs> There's baguettes everywhere. Yeah. They, they do baguette podcasts. <laughs> they do. There's a yeah. level from like zero to super French, you know? No, it is. It's, it feels more like a, a US sci-fi show, but it's in French. Okay, cool. So. With more soft cheese. Stinky mm, soft cheese. The second thing that I am currently watching, it's still on Amazon and they haven't released the whole season yet, is called The Power. Oh my God, I am in love with the show. Barry's been watching it with me. I don't think he loves it as much as I do. I love the show, um, mainly because it's based on a book that came out in 2017 by Naomi Alderman. And essentially, um, women have suddenly gone through a genetic evolution and they... Uh, Teenagers, so girls who have gone through puberty, but like younger than their 20s. They're not quite adult adults yet. Their bodies are still growing and I things like that. I think 25 was like the max. Something like that. Um, they all of a sudden uh, grew a new organ. It's called a skein. And this organ produces electricity. And the whole purpose it's is It's internal, so, Kay. Yes. Don't give me that look. The whole purpose is that they can now protect themselves from the world in general. Because obviously women have been persecuted and kidnapped and subjugated. raped and subjugated and all these things throughout history because we are a weaker sex compared to men. And a lot of religion kind of makes women also backseat drivers to everything that happens in this world, which is dumb and stupid and I hate it. And this book slash now TV show hits on like all of the points and I'm just like, oh my God. Every time I watch the show, it's so it's so good. I didn't realize they put that out already. I- we had this on Red Light Green Light a ways back, and I think we did Green Light this one. Isn't it on? Uh, is it, is that the one we were watching on MGM Plus or whatever? Or? No, 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 no. That was the that was the door. Oh, that was that. Okay. Yeah, the one we talked about last. Oh, week. so this is straight on. This Amazon. is straight on Amazon. Okay, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that was already out. That's no, fantastic. it's really good. It's a, it's a very interesting show, and for, 
it scratches that revenge fantasy itch a little bit. Yes, you know? it does. Yes, it does. To see them get their comeuppance. And then, of course, you get like the, the crazy right, right-wingy bad guys. So the, essentially the whole thing is right now, now that women have this power and younger women who inherently just got it can also give it to older women if they want to. Like all they have to do is kind of shock their body. Like So the skein is attached to the collarbone. So you can kind of see it. it's like right at the collarbone. And if they shock that spot on older women, older women can get it as well. But they don't automatically get it. It's like okay. inherent. They It's in their code somewhere, but it doesn't just appear like it does in younger women. Um, and of course, they're doing the whole like, you know, now women are more empowered and they can stand up for themselves. But then also some of them take it too far and, you know, use it their powers for evil type thing. So it's a I really love the show. It's so interesting. And wow. I'm really interested in reading the book. I'm excited it's out. I've got it on my Kindle. I got it started up. Hmm. Anything else, Deb? That's it. Barry, what? Okay, fine. What do you do besides eat and want to talk about a sandwich? I want to talk about sandwiches. Oh, God damn it. No, I don't want to talk about sandwiches. Uh, I really want to talk about a game that Kay and I played this weekend. Um, <clears throat> we played Rebellion. Oh, fantastic. Have Star you played Wars? this? Star Wars Rebellion? Rebellion. Yeah, Star Wars That's, Rebellion. It's a one-on-one game, right? No, it's a it's a two-player or four-player game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one-on-one or two-on-two, right? Yeah, Meh came over and kind of reffed it for us, and I'm glad he did because he knew the rules a lot. Well, he signed kind of knew the rules. Well, yeah, but <clears throat> no, it, I, I was shaking my head because there's no way we would have played that game. Oh, no, no. We would have had the same reaction we did to when we tried to learn Age of Conan. We're like, uh, <laughs> just watch the video. The just, like, yeah, let's just put this yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be drinking too much to figure this shit so, out. So Lewis was the driver the whole day, kind of helping you guys through the rules and stuff? Yep. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion was, uh, I'm trying to look for the thing when it was put out. It was. It's a recent game. It's a fantasy flight game. Last five years, I think. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> fantasy flight games, as as anyone who plays board games know, are the, are the mark of a a, a, a very well thought out but complex board game. Um, twi- uh, they put out Twilight Imperium, you know, and games like that. Arkham wow. Horror. Uh, it, What's with the head shaking, Todd? Uh, they're, they're a company that uh, buys a lot of licenses and buys games that are already successful. Yeah, they they bought Blue Planet way back in the day. It's an RPG I used to like, and they changed the rules and made it weird, and then it just tanked, and I was not happy about that. But some things they, they really win on, like the Twilight Imperium is just great. But Rebellion is a fun game. I'm going to say that first. It's a fun game. If you like Star Wars, you'll get right into it. In fact, knowing Star Wars kind of helps a little bit. It helps you get into it. It's a long game. Yeah. Very strategic. It's one of those games where uh, you need to play it once in the entire way through, maybe twice, to really get a handle on how to approach your strategy at winning. Yeah. For the Rebellion, it's uh, just delay. Honestly, it's just delaying the Empire from finding the Rebel base and destroying it. Yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of funny. I mean, there there are one or two ways you can. No, no, there aren't. They can those ways can help you, but yeah, it's it it really is. You're playing a waiting game. There is a an opposing time track. Game progresses from one side up, and then the rebellion just has to gain reputation on the other side of the track, going down by and doing stuff like destroying a star destroyer. Yeah, or, or inside uh, successfully doing X or Y because you get objective cards. 
The Rebellion gets objective cards, and if you fulfill it, you get one or two points of reputation. And that moves the counter down. And when the two counters meet is when the Rebellion wins. So the Empire has, until then, to find the Rebel base and destroy it. So it's complicated hide-and-seek, Star Wars style. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's not so much Scotland Yard or Fury of Dracula. It's it's an entirely other thing. Yeah. Um, I was not aware. I I wasn't conscious of how fast that is. There's not a lot of time in this game. I think there's like 16 time spots, but it shrinks. It's funny because, yeah, we say that, and that we played, what, four or five hours? (laughs) I know, right? Well, we stopped to make a freaking burger and the you know the whole business, but sandwiches, then, yeah. yeah, sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was and, well, and it was also because Lewis was explaining every step as we took it. Oh my god! So um, no, I, I don't even mean that derogatively. I just mean that that's that was the time factor. But that you, you this game to. is not going to be an hour hour and a half game. No, even when you really know your shit. And it says. This is a three to four hour game. Mm. I think that's about right if you know your shit. Otherwise, yeah. it starts at four. Uh, it's the rebellion against the empire. But if you're playing with four players, one player can handle the ground forces, another play- player can handle the space forces. Yeah, because you get both those forces. I recommend you hire yourself a a, a major meh to come over and ref the <laughs> yeah, game for really. you and help you out. I'm sure he uh, he would like some extra cash, so just hire major meh. Oh. He'll uh, come over and run your game for you. Well, that's a new job, isn't it? Uh, Board game referee. If you like painting miniatures, there's a lot. Oh yeah, he's got a lot of Star Wars minis to get painted, and they're very tiny. They're They're teeny tiny. They're dinky. Yeah, they're very dinky. I don't know. So call me Major Meh. Would you guys play it again? Yes. It's not my first choice. We're not burning to. Yeah. (laughs) So it's good. It's not like I'll give it a four. On my one to five scale that we have, but uh, and it was also funny because he was just like, "They're advanced rules. We can play those next time." And Barry's like, <laughs> How about fucking no? I, "Yeah, I don't think so. Not yet. Know. Not I, yet. I don't have a grip a, a grip on this yet. I played a game like ten years ago called uh, it was the the Game of Thrones game. I don't know who makes it. It's probably Fantasy Flight. It was super strategy, and I swear I played that with our friends in Houston like three times before I really understood what the hell I was doing. And even then I wasn't good at it. This feels like that to me, you know? Yeah. So it's a fun game. If presented like, Hey, we're coming over, we're playing rebellion. All right, fine. But I have other games in my, in my queue. I have to, to learn like mall madness. Madness. Oh God. Thank you. Dodd for what? that. Oh, that that has no learning curve whatsoever. You can just play I don't that game. know. It's got a few pages of rules there, and I got to put them all together. That was a forty-page rule book. <laughs> well, well, Star Wars Rebellions reference book is about forty pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it was hilarious. Oh, that's the mark of fantasy flight, yeah. man. And it, it's also it. It's funny because when you're new playing this, it's hard to gauge your progress. Because I was sitting, because Barry's just sitting there, and he slowly. System by system, taking things out. So he was the more. Empire. Yeah, he was okay. the... Well, really? Seriously? I know who I am. <laughs> and uh, and so I'm just losing system after system. I'm struggling. I get a, someone captured. I free them. He captures someone else. Now it's you just, know what Leia felt like. Exactly. And it's just getting slimmer and slimmer. And the whole time... Uh, Meh is like you're doing well, Kirsten, and I'm just like, I what? It doesn't and feel sh- like. And sure enough, by the time uh, Barry found the uh, the base, which apparently I fucked him up by putting it on Geonosis. Uh, I, he I don't know he why. just he just had no clue. 
<laughs> and when we finally got there, isn't that the the Clone World? Like yeah, the clone yeah, world? Okay. Yep. yeah. With yeah. the f- you know guys, <laughs> the insecty things, who who actually made the you know designed the first Death Star. Irony, but um, what you can do is you you have a you have your systems on your board, but your base is uh, a separate section, so you don't show where your base is while you build it up. And I built up my base, and I just happened to have probably my second largest fleet in Geonosis on the board. And I would just sit there and make little comments like, well, I want to I wanna slow Barry down when he gets here. So I'd keep blowing that up. So when he finally came at me to get rid of that Navy, and that's like, oh, yeah, that's where my base is. He's like, oh, shit, because we then consolidated everything and i just had him i also had two ion cannons oh wow that helps we had to look it up online and find out that that stacks and that really that really hurt him all i needed to do was get the death star just get the death star there and have it survive a fight and then I could have just blown you up. Because you had super laser. I had the super laser. And I was, was going to start building another desk. And I had an objective card where it's like, if you survive the space battle with so much as one ship, you take three die and you roll them. And if one of the results is this particular icon, because, of course, Fantasy Flight, they're all pictures Special and Special dice, yeah. But if you get that icon, you blow up the Death Star. So it was. I was sort of like... I gotta have enough navy that I can survive and just have just one fucking X wing or Y wing, and then I can Luke Skywalker it. Oh, and I also made Luke Skywalker a Jedi. Master. <laughs> that pissed me off. And <laughs> I was trying to go. I was go trying to find him. By the halfway through the game, I'm like, okay, I need to put more importance clearly on trying to find him. Lewis said, "Oh, you already you failed like like already in like the yeah, first yeah. few moves." I'm like, dude, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Um, so I assume you you won K, right? Yeah, won. he won. He I won. Because yeah, yeah. when he found the base, we consolidated the forces. Barry was like, oh, fuck. There's no way I could win. And and my reputation was just two points away. So the, the, the marker would have moved after this battle, which I undoubtedly would have won. And then my reputation would have moved because I won a battle. Uh, I, I destroyed a Star Destroyer was uh, one of my objectives. And yeah, it was just kind of obvious. That game has a reputation of getting you involved in it feeling really Star Wars-y. It does. Yes, yes, yes. yes. To the point where every time we played something similar, we were like quoting lines yeah. like, from the thing. Oh, yeah. And Barry was, was every time he'd fight me, he was loving destroying. He'd be like, that X-Wing is dead. That one is gone. What was the name of the pilot? And I'd be like, <laughs> Barry. <laughs> and then he destroyed a well actually he was going after Y wings because Y wings are a little more effective against capital ships and he's like I got that Y wing too that one's got who's what's his name and I went Rob dick. <laughs> and he's like, well, and then when he got the third ship he's like what's the name of that pilot and I was like Duke and for a second it actually didn't <laughs> register on him and then he went you're naming them all after me <laughs> fuck you <laughs> You have wow. enough names. Yeah, really. He's so a, he's a names. whole fucking fleet. Yep, he is. <laughs> so it's got an eight point one six six geek rating out of ten on uh, Board Game Geek. The highest game is Birmingham Brass Birmingham, which just knocked out uh, 
Gloomhaven recently. Mm-hmm. That has an 8.4 something. Its average rating is 8.39. That's good. Uh, and uh, you can get it on Amazon for like 104 bucks. If if you are a gaming, a board game person, and a Star Wars person, I think this is a must. Okay. Because even breaking it open and looking at it, you're going to get your Star Wars geek on. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, not much into board games. Uh, then what the hell are you buying board games for? Yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And if you're well, a board game fan and not, not into Star Wars, you may still like it because there's strategy, there's tactics, you're building, you're resource managing. Uh, Barry, you know, take over my, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll convert a system and then I'll start producing stuff in it. Barry will take it over and then I lose my production and he gets stuff and there's all his, his fear will make those systems fall. My God, his, uh, his navies, he had like four fleets scattered about the galaxy. So not enough to fight your base. Yeah. But my, I just, I just, yeah, meh would be there. And I'm like, okay, Kirsten, so you make an X-Wing and you make a um, um, a troop transport. Uh, and I'm like, I'll put them on my base. That would be my move. And then Barry would be like, Super Star Destroyer, Star Destroyer, TIE Fighter, TIE Fighter, TIE Fighter, TIE Fighter, TIE Fighter, stuff like that. But so- then he left the Dagobah system utterly abandoned. And I played my Find Yoda card, where you play in Dagobah, and the guy finds Yoda and gets... They had these rings that go around the base of your your heroes, because you get heroes that you put them where you want to go to do something. So if you have a card, attempt this in Ord Mandel. I have to take one of my heroes, like Leia, Han, General Riken, Luke... Put him on the Ord Mandel spot, and then I play this card to do something. And then he would move someone there to block it if he wanted to fight it. Yeah. Well, I got my Luke in Dagobah. He found Yoda, and I swapped him out for Luke as a Jedi who's... He's rough. He's rough. So this game doesn't belong to either of you. It belongs to Major Matt. Yeah. So I just want to wrap my brain around this piece of trivia. Major Meh brought a board game to watch and teach you both to play it. Because yes. he said if it was Barry and I against him, he would have destroyed us. And I think that was true. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> well, because he knows Meh. the rules. Yeah. And he well, knows the rules. That and also Major Meh is just a fucking... He's uh, a beast. He's a, he's yeah, a t- board strategic yeah. genius. Yeah. Once he learns rules, he figures out all of his strategies to be able yeah. to use them to his greatest advantage. Well, once he learns, as he's figuring them out, he's, he, he assembles the fucking strategies. And sometimes bastard. he likes to uh, contradict the rules and test the boundaries of the rules when he's learning the rules. Yeah, it's, it's actually... Otherwise, he's min-max meh. Actually, it's really, it's, it's really annoying because it's just... Do <laughs> like, you, know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have to win all the time? Although, uh, we also played Waterdeep and I did win, so... Now, that's a perfect game. It's really good. Lords that's of Waterdeep, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, what'd you do this week? Well, uh, playing right into the, the Star Wars theme here, I guess since it is Star Wars month... Uh, I went to see Return of the Jedi, the 40th anniversary edition in the theater. Uh, The 25th of May is the actual 40th anniversary, but uh, they started the re-release on uh, April 28th. Which version did 
birthday show. It is the special edition, mm. uh, which is so the remastered you know, one with the added scenes and stuff. Yes. Yep. No, because no. that was <laughs> one of the things that was initially the most jarring because I just it's been so long since I've watched the special edition version that I had forgotten how much I dislike the uh, <laughs> the jazzy. Uh, night that they have at Jabba's Palace and You the, know the kind of music they play there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the Ugh. the additional scenes of Boba Fett, I'm like, why is there so much Boba Fett in this scene? He was in one sprickin' shot when I watched it as a kid. Well you know you know the name of the music. Oh, it's got some stupid name. Oh Lapti Neck, I think is what they call no, it. No 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 Or are you talking about the Jedi Rocks song? No, I'm talking about later. Jizz music. I'm. You think I'm fucking with you? That's what it's called. Google. Wow. Absolutely. And that's just like Yubnub translates to honey orgy. <laughs> <laughs> now, let, lest you think I don't like the film, I really do like the film. Uh, but that was that really took me out of it for a second. And then, of course, I still do not like the beak on the sarlacc uh, when they're over the pit. And watching that beak come up and snag the people that you remember just falling into the, you know, the pit when you're a kid. And then uh, after that, it's pretty much regular Star Wars Return of the Jedi until the very last scene where Vader picks the <laughs> Emperor up and he goes, no, no. And I'm like, I did not remember that. I don't coming. remember that at all. It well because it's only in the special edition, and I wasn't I I'd forgotten completely about it until mm. you see Vader doing the look to side to side, and quite frankly, I think the no takes away some of the drama of the scene. It's yeah, very, it's very because it's very McClunky. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> ah yes because I'm thinking back to when, as a kid, you know how the 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 expression for a, a, a character that is covered by a mask using his body language to indicate he's like I can't I can't stand for this I have to do something and then doing it without words I felt was far more powerful yeah than doing the no no and I swear to god it, it just like it it just felt so comical and then of course I mean I knew the uh the Ewok uh celebration song change was coming yeah. but honey orgy but uh, yeah, um, do I recommend seeing it? Absolutely. If you've never seen it in the theaters, this is your opportunity. Um, I will say, if you want to see the closest to the original, uh, look for the despecialized edition of Return of the Jedi. And then also, um, if you want it to look exactly like it was in the theaters in '83, search out uh, Project uh, 4K '83. This is um, a group that has gone through and gotten a couple of really good prints, uh, really good 35 millimeter prints of Return of the Jedi from 83, and they have painstakingly hand-scanned every frame, and only things that they've, the only things that they have done is minor touch-ups for scratch and dirt. That's, that's it. It's no other alteration, and they did scan it into 4K. So if you have a 4K TV... Uh, you can take full advantage of that higher resolution. So, but it also looks really good in 1080p, even if you have that 4K uh, file. So, yes, 
So that's one thing. The other thing I did, uh, I got to go see Renfield in the theaters. Oh, Tell me about Renfield. Oh I my God, really I loved this movie. I mean, I I went into it. I didn't watch any reviews. I didn't read any reviews. Uh, I literally wanted to go into it with no expectations. And holy shit, was I rewarded for that. Um I will start off by telling you, because this is a universal production, they took full advantage of being able to use the universal IP for the universal monsters. Um, I hesitate to say too much more, yeah. but I will say that Nicolas Cage in certain parts of the film does a spot on recreation of Bela Lugosi's wow. Dracula. Wow. Uh, it also stars Nicholas Holt, uh, who plays Renfield. He's more or less the star of the show. Um, also features Ben Schwartz, who is somebody I just... I, I know some people find him annoying, but I just think he's hilarious in everything I've seen him in. Uh, and Aquafina, who is actually playing a much more subdued character than you typically see her in, where she's just very animated. But um, the cast is amazing. Um the story is really good, and you get some of the outrageous uh, horror elements that you get, where they, they they're like, "Well, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it over the top." So instead of just like a splattering of blood, you've got Gushing. buckets of blood. <laughs> um, very, very, uh, very much Evil Dead Two kind of, um, where Raimi ramped it up. That's definitely what they did in this one. Um, I can't recommend it enough, especially if you were a fan of the classic Universal Monsters. I think uh, they did a really nice homage to the classic Dracula while still making it its own thing. Um, and, of course, the screenplay is by uh, Robert Kirkman. Hmm. So he had... Kirkman is really good at adapting things. Um, now, like I said, he's the screenplay, but uh, I'm blanking out on the person that the original idea was based on. But um, And it's directed by Renfield. Chris McKay, who <laughs> you probably know more for like the Lego movie, um, Lego Batman, um, stuff like that. So... Um, I want to see this and the voyage of the, the last voyage of the Demeter. Mm, yeah. Which is, oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's coming out at some point somewhere. I don't know where or when, but all, all those promised vampire projects are starting to appear. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I am so glad I saw this movie and saw it in the theater because, I mean, I really want to see Cage. I really want to see cause just the little bit I've seen in the he, trailers. What you've seen in the trailers does not do justice to the performance that he puts right. in on this one because while you he verges on the the Nick Cage over the top stuff he does it within the character that's been established mm -hmm. right. prior to right. him taking on the role and I feel like it just enhances as opposed to occasionally Cage can be distracting when he goes over <laughs> the top bit. And you look at it and you're like, okay, now I completely am taken out of the movie because... Distracting's good. But um, 
I really want to know what Professor Biggs thinks about this because between him and you and I, Kirsten, we're probably the most familiar with those universal classics. Yeah, yeah. And with our knowledge base, I would love to hear what he thinks of it because I was, I, honestly, I was sold five minutes in on this film. Like, the way it opens, again, I don't want to venture into spoiler territory, but the way it opens and how they tie it into the, the rest of the film, I was just like, Oh my, oh my god, I'm so I'm so in for this. I am I am totally sold and I haven't even seen the rest of the film and it just kept getting better. Now, so Jeffy, if uh if there were someone to pull out of their ass and cobble together a Monster Universe franchise, Universal Monster Universe franchise. Mm-hmm. Do you think a Nick Cage Dracula in this franchise would have any legs? Careful, you're getting into spoiler talk. Uh, yeah, either you're, way. you're getting into spoiler, spoilery territory. I don't want to know either way because yeah. okay. I, uh, I, I, I want to see this movie. Yeah. All right. I, well, I didn't even know that this would uh, have that potential. Yeah, I mean, again. I thought so, it was a one-off. Now, mm-mm. All right. Okay. Do I think that if they were going to make a larger universe and use Cage to play mm-hmm. Dracula, yes, I think that would work. Right. Whether they could use this as a starting point to branch into a you know, Universal well, Monsters group uh, you, grouping you don't, of films. You don't have to talk. I ab- don't know. You don't have to talk about the Stinger, right? Where Hugh Jackman shows up and says, "Have I told you about the Van Helsing Initiative?" But <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> definitely go see it. I know it's not getting a lot of publicity right now. Well, because uh, three the. Oh my! Guardians of the Galaxy three yes. comes out next weekend, and then they right. are just pushing Which I already the have advertising. My for. And people have been uh, gushing over Super Mario. Yeah. Which, uh, oh yeah, I've heard, my sister, my sister who doesn't watch anything geeky nerdy, her boys do. She's texted me last night, and she's like, "You need to go see this movie." Like, yeah, okay. so I mean, Super Mario Brothers movie is really good, but it also ventures into that inoffensive territory. There's really not much in there that you know, hit you hard or makes you think it's, it's a really good family film. And that's what I will say on, on super Mario. But anyway, that's what I did. (laughs) Nice. A while back, I gushed about my favorite forever gone, most likely drink, uh, cinnamon Coke, right? Cinnamon Coca Cola. Yes. I loved it so much. That was pretty good. Uh, no, it was actually pretty good. Right. And, And normally I wouldn't go for any kind of cinnamon drink ever, but that was so good. Uh, I figured it out. Really? I am now making it myself. Really? The the description is so easy, and I, I feel like I should slap myself in the face for not realizing it earlier. It's just cinnamon in Coke? Yeah, it's cinnamon extract in Coke. Like a couple drops of cinnamon extract in like a glass of Coke will get you the entire thing. And it's so See, here I am good. thinking you're that guy who's making his own soda. No. And sewing his own clothes. Yes. <laughs> no. No. What? what? Yes, no. What, Cobbling no. his own shoes. Definitely. That he might be able Doing to Doing his own dentistry. No. <laughs> I know that guy. I used to know that guy. Oh, that's a scary guy. Yeah. But uh, so if you if uh, you were ever curious and wanted to try cinnamon coke and you happen to have cinnamon extract, yeah, I, I, the bottle I bought is like four bucks. It will last me for years. Yeah, uh, it's 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 phenomenal. So I'm very happy that I have my favorite drink forever, and so I just wanted to 
share that with but a group. But cinnamon extract, you can't use powdered cinnamon. Just like. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to do powdered cinnamon in any beverage. Um, <laughs> you think? Except hot beverages, and even then, it's a little challenging. Yeah, even then, yes. I was just gonna say, hot works better, but man, does it sink to the bottom. Well, yeah. and it's gritty. Yes. So, like, if they dash it on, like, a, even a coffee. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, gritty. This, this See, I don't liquefied, mind. The... the taste is there. Doesn't really add sweetness, just intensity. So, I guess cinnamon's not that soluble, really? No, it is not. So, okay. That, that's why the cinnamon challenge sucks. I, yeah. and, it, and even if you were to get, like, say, cinnamon oil extract, uh, it's super concentrated. Oh, yeah. So you would Three have drops. To dilute, so that's all you need. You would have to dilute it way down. So, mm. the extract is already diluted, if I remember correctly. Most likely. Because, like, your regular cinnamon oil is super, super strong. Yeah. What other extracts can you put with Coke? Like lemon? Uh, vanilla. Vanilla, You definitely. could do lemon. Yeah. Just about anything will work. Although, I did try it with... Uh, uh, Cherry Seven Up Zero that did not work. That did not work <laughs> yeah. at all. Uh, but it did work with Diet Coke and Coke Zero. Uh, it's improved both of those as well. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Although it's still Coke, regular Coke is still its its best its best friend. Welcome mm-hmm. to Soda Shock. Right, but I had to share because I'm very excited that it exists in my life again. Well, you can't have a sandwich without soda. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. I started watching Picard season two because I feel like I need to do that before I see season three. Even though yeah. you tell me I don't, yeah, yeah. I no, do. You, it you pulls really right do. out. Yeah. I, and so, uh, and uh, however, that went uh, in, on a hiatus almost immediately uh, because of Barry's fault. Because I started playing Loop Hero. Oh, no. Uh, no. And no. that is such a time sink. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it is. Like, there's no reason why I should be sitting in front of my TV for three hours doing this loop. I showed Kay the game. What'd you think about it? Looks interesting, you know? Uh, you can watch Watching it is nowhere near... It's, no, it's, it's a little boring when you just watch The it. idea is the, the world has the nothing has won. The world has been destroyed, and you are a singular hero that is bringing the world back in some way. It's real nebulous, but yeah. that's kind of the idea. And you're going on this automated loop, and the fights are automated. But uh, when you win a fight, you will receive either better or other equipment or cards that you lay down and improve the world. And each card will add certain stats or create certain monsters or combinations will make things happen and new things happen. And of course, you find resources along the way, which you are building a town outside of it uh, to, uh, once again, expand the world. And really, you're just making your character stronger for that roguelite experience where you just keep doing the same thing over and over again until you die. Yeah, it had and the then you start thing. over That's with the... Yeah, same. I I love roguelites. They're fantastic. And this one was just as addicting as the rest. So thank you, Barry, for interrupting my viewing pleasure. I did finish watching The Offer, finally. That is the story of the Ah. making of The Godfather. Mm. Uh, After finishing reading that massive book on the making of Godfather that interviewed about everybody involved with the show. Mm. Um, uh, Not bad, The Offer. Uh, I had some uh, issues with how much license it took with the mafia involvement. Uh, that was way overblown. Yeah, they apparently uh, got a little excited in there. Didn't they? Oh, like there, there was one episode that I was almost got mad at. There's like Ooh. the third from like the fourth from the last somewhere around there, where all of a sudden there's this new mafia guy that wants to take a cut from the production. And nothing like that ever even remotely happened in the making of yeah. that movie, ever. There, there's a lot of dramatic license in the series. Yeah. Some of it, it nailed. 
Uh, some of it, like how they got the horse. They didn't get the horse because of a mafia connection. They went to a glue factory. It's 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 innocuous. It's but they decided oh, it's got to be the mafia got them the horse head. No, it didn't. So if you're watching it, nah, it's not really what happened. But the overall story arc is pretty much what happened, and everybody nails their role. Mm, uh, yeah. The guy that played Robert Evans. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ozymandias. So good. Yes, the guy that played Ozymandias. Nailed that. Oh, so uh, so if you've ever been interested in the making of The Godfather and didn't want to read a book on it, uh, it's actually a decent telling. Just be realizing that the yeah. mafia stuff was turned way up. Now, the and, Columbo and, stuff was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, his involvement, the way he, they portrayed it with him, that was actually pretty close. And a nice performance there, too, by uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, the offer. Highly recommended. Kay, what'd you do? Um, I've been busy trying to rearrange my house a bit and uh, a few other things, and I wasn't really planning on doing much of anything, and then uh, I got phone calls, right? So, Barry, like, come on, got nothing to do. <laughs> I don't sound like that. And uh, so... Uh, I don't sound like that. <laughs> so... Uh, did a few, did a few Barry things, um, and uh, you're gonna have to clarify that shit because yeah. Todd's giving me this look. <laughs> board games, they played lots of board games. Oh, yeah, okay. board Many, games. So what did you play besides Rebellion? Well, uh, we played Lords uh, of Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep got a little Seven Wonders Architects. Oh, in. Um, um, with Major Meh. Actually, we uh, we Shanghai Major Meh twice. In one Whoa. weekend. Yeah, can you believe it? It's like, man, boy. Can't believe rum cake let you take him both days. Well, apparently, uh, daughter's prom, so he was... Uh, he just didn't want to be in that house yeah. with the girls getting ready. And, all <laughs> and, 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 and he was not needed, so yeah, he was able to escape. Uh, so we played uh, Pooh. Poo, the card game, uh, like monkey flinging poo. Yeah, poo. monkey flinging poo. The the cover of that game is a monkey throwing shit. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Deb doesn't yes. like playing that game. Yeah, I I, I, I don't blame the, her. I don't. I hear blame the derision her. in her voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we so. did get to play a uh, the Lord of the Rings card game. Yes. Made by the same people who make DC Deck Builder, so you know and it's, it's going to be very good. similar. Plays almost exactly the same with just a little bit of twists on so, it. So I forget we have that one, don't no, we? No, we do not. Okay. No, we do not. Did you used to have that game? Talk. I, I had the dice builder. He had the dice uh, builder. Okay. No, this is a cryptozoic game, and it's good. I like it. It's a yeah. little rough, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's uh, it's fun. And you, if you know DC Deck Builder, you could just pick this up and yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're tiny in. little differences, but you could just pick it up and yeah, go. Yeah. Obviously, the flash doesn't win. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's funny because there are times when you're just like, oh yeah, this is the uh, this is the Suicide Squad uh, card. This is the if it's so close, could you combine the games? No, no, you cannot. <laughs> How dare you? What are you doing? I, like, In some ways, scary. it's almost cooperative. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But the, but there's a clear winner. One one only one person can win. But in some ways, you kind of have to cooperate. It's weird. Yeah. There are things like draw two cards, pick one person to draw a card. Oh, okay. You know, which is that's about so as somewhere between cryptozoic and uh, upper deck games of the uh, the legendary and the DC yeah. deck building style. Somewhere sure. in between there is this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Co op versus versus. Well, cryptozoic has a really good a really good uh, template, I'd say, for a mm-hmm. deck builder, which mm-hmm. they could technically apply any IP to. Yeah. 
but they can't just keep copying the thing because people will get wise and just stop buying their shit. Yeah. So they're going to need to twist it up a little bit. And that's yeah. what they're doing with the other DC deck builder uh, flavors. Like, uh, Biggs just got... Uh, what, he, what was it? He got the everything. The, the everything package. They did a Kickstarter. Yeah. That yeah did. I think for the Ballroom Games announced that they yeah. got a bunch of those in. Yeah. And he purchased. he did it all, apparently. So I think well. Carl did as well. Yeah. Big Black. Big Black did it too. Well, it's so. like Catan is, they're kind of trying to do that, right? Republishing Catan in different versions with slightly different rules for each one. And some of them work and some of them do not work. Mm. Yeah. I heard the lower, the, uh, uh, Game of Thrones one does not. Oh, it was rough. No, that was no. so, like all of us at the table were like, we're never playing this game again. Wow. It was rough. Oof. The extra mechanics. So the, you, it was like it had the base Catan game with a whole separate game on the side that you all had to be cooperative for. Like the wall. You had yes. to fight against the wild. And it just, it was just, it didn't work. It was not yeah. working. Yeah. Those no. two mechanics together. Um, you can have a cooperative game, have a cooperative game. If you're going to have a, you know, one person wins game, have that. Again, the Lord of the Rings game is not cooperative, but in harder modes, you almost have to cooperate to beat it. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone loses. Yep. Um, we played Artichoke card game about vegetables. Abandon all artichokes, yep. It's about vegetables. Uh, you'd yeah. love it, Todd. You'd love it, Todd. Uh, but you've... you've uh praised this game in the past yes i praise it heavily and yeah. you can play it on board game arena yeah it's a good four player easy to pick up and play it's mm-hmm. one of those games that we'll take with us to like a restaurant and we're just hanging out and you know having a beer or something and it's very portable yes yeah that's important yeah i want like five ten minute games that are very portable i can throw in my luggage and yep. go guillotine's another one yeah. that we do yeah. uh, we love to take that one legendary game there the other phone call i got was uh from uh, april uh, of Star Trek The Experience fame. Everyone drink. And uh, she called me up and she's like, hey, come with me to Las Vegas Comic Con. My treat. And uh, let's go see Bonnie. Because Bonnie Gordon was appearing. And Bonnie worked at The Experience briefly. She was a friend of Vernon's. So we figured we'd go there and gather and, and see her and then talk to her a bit. So Sunday I went to Las Vegas Comic Con. I made sure to uh, wear the Geek Shock colors and represent, and I uh, got recognized. There were people there uh, who were- From last year? Yeah. 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 I wondered about that. Yeah. They were there, and uh, you know, they were just like, oh, yeah, I still listen to it, and you know, all that stuff, so there you go. Um, likely story. <laughs> there was a, a volunteer firefighter thing that was taking donations and doing stuff, and the only reason I bring that up is because they had a bell. So oh, I no. heard a bell mm. ring, and I'm oh, like, no mm. shame to go with it, huh? <laughs> no, no shame. And then, uh, then I also would hear people, whoa, woo, getting all excited, and I'm like, oh, everybody's stealing our shit. <laughs> there, there, are these one guys uh, was like a dice company, and these two guys dressed up in monks' robes, and they're roll, they're doing quickie role plays. Love it. So stealing our shit. Yeah, yep. They had uh, they had like dice sets in dragon eggs, and Ooh, that's kids cool. would play the um, play the role play scenario, and then they get to select a dragon egg. And this one guy, <laughs> it was actually funny because there's this one guy. Uh, he was like the the energy and insanity of Barry 
with the uh, entertainment uh, function of Todd combined. So he was out there, and he's just, you're going in here, and there's that, and the beat it up. And then, you know, you look over in the corner, and there was this other guy. Somebody rolls a die, and you're like, oh, look, you found a sword. You know, it, it, was, <laughs> it was actually very funny. But apparently that was uh, the big uh, extroverted part. They'd moved it to the North Hall. I don't know if that was bigger, but it was more dense. Hmm. It was it was more Comic Con dense. It was a. Uh, Did it, it feel like there was more booths though? It felt like it, but I didn't really get a count. Well, the, um, the one hall we were in, we last were in the year, South Hall. It seemed a little cavernous. Yeah, well, the South Hall we, is a lot bigger than yeah, the North Hall, and we took up only half the South yeah. Hall. Yeah, I'd rather so, have the, the yeah. convention center and, that'll fit. But this one, this one, it felt yeah a little more denser. Uh, lots and lots and lots of merch. Was Holy the legging last there again? I kind of feel the, bad. The, the, the booth that was right across from yes, me? they were. They were. I love they were her there. pants. They're so comfy. Yeah, no, they uh, they were there. Um, ran into this one. Uh, Booth. It was really funny. Those poor people. Because the entrance was not in the center. The entrance this time was in in a corner. So basically, you had an opposite corner that was like the suck corner because that was going to be the furthest from everything. And where'd, the, where'd they put the stage to do the panels? And stuff? It was in the back, okay. and they also did panel rooms. Oh, um, oh so, that's due for them. Yeah. So, but uh, the the corner here was a. They actually did doll. Um, outfits, and uh, what they also did lounge pants and stuff like they just sewed all on geeky fabrics and stuff. Getting berries and doll outfits. Yeah, well, it was really funny because I was looking at the lounge pants because I was like, wow, if I get a few extra large of those, that would be pretty cool. But uh, Larry Hama was there, um, Kevin Eastman, and I think that was pretty much. I don't know who Larry Hama is. I know Kevin Eastman. G.I. Joe. Um, he also participated in some um, uh, cartoons, 80s cartoon script writing. Okay. But he did the G.I. Joe comic as well. And for people who don't know, Kevin Eastman's of Eastman and Laird's yep. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and that was those were the names I recognized. Everyone else I did not recognize. A lot of anime voices. And there was tons of anime. April was just like, oh, anime. I just know nothing, and I care nothing for this. So, uh, And it looks like Blacklight uh, Art is making a comeback. Is it now? Really? Oh! Boy, with like this, the felt on the felt background, uh, not or? on the felt. I was gonna say weeds big now, so <laughs> yeah, one, really. one follows the tons, other, right? Tons of of that. Um, uh, what's the term? Flor- fluorescent, sure. fluorescent type of paint and UV color paint schemes that yeah. That, yeah. that are meant to be shown under black light. All right, and well, I'll get my I'll get my really thick uh, headphones. I'll yeah. go in my room, roll a go. spliff, listen to some soul uh, mm-hmm. slow. Oh yeah, hang out with my UV lights. Oh yeah, there was just one guy. He ball. had he had like a fifteen foot wall just loaded with panels of art, wow. and it looked pretty good. Um, but it was just like, hmm, there were more than one booth doing that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, this shit's making a comeback. It's very funny. Uh, ran into um, an artist, Christy Shin, absolutely hilarious. I posted it. I posted a picture of her 
her little booth on uh, on the lair and said Jake would love it because it was all this angry cat stuff and she just and it was really funny because when she was fucking talking to us every other fucking word was fucking and she was just fucking going on and i jokingly said oh wow april look at this you could buy a book for your inner id and april starts talking to her and three minutes later april's buying one of her books and uh, uh, she had a picture of this uh, cartoony cat and was labeled satanic pussy and I laughed at that picture, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's my that's my that's my cat, total fucking bitch." And so April is like talking, "Oh my god, I got bunnies," and I'm like, "Yeah, tell her about the bunnies." And April's like, "My bunnies are assholes. They're totally assholes." And she's like, "Yeah, I, really, I didn't, I wouldn't have known that about fucking bunnies." This woman was hysterical, but she said a lot of her books. She actually has like four or five books. And it's in the picture that I posted on the Shock Monkey's Lair, if you enlarge it. Um, she wrote a lot of that during the lockdown in L.A., and she channeled a lot of lockdown rage into it. So she was actually hilarious. So that was actually funny and fun. Um, we finally got to see Bonnie. Um, a poster that Bonnie had posted on her own page said that the panel that she was on, a Star Wars fan panel, was in room 225. So April and I started the trek to 225, which was very far away from the North Hall. And we went up to the top level, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked, and it's getting quieter, and there's no people around, and we're like, what's going on? And we get to room 225. It's locked. There's no signage. Nothing is going on, and we're like, hmm. So we're like, what's going on? So Kirsten, being the brilliant man that he is, I hear that opens up the program online because, of course, they don't give out paper programs anymore. You really? want the program, yeah. You want the program it's cost. You gotta, you gotta open it up online because uh, when April redeemed her tickets, we got nothing mm. except the wristbands. So I opened up the program and it's like, oh, it's two fifty-five. Uh, which uh, coincidentally was right above Hall North. So we walked and we walked and we walked all the way back. April actually checked her her Apple Watch and said, okay, we've now walked three miles. (laughs) (laughs) So so we got into Bonnie's um, Star Trek fan panel. She showed up. And Wait, I thought you said it was a Star Wars fan yes. panel. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. It was Star Trek. Okay. Star Don't Trek. you know the difference? Uh, well, actually, it get, got a little confusing because oh Doug Brode was there. Who is? He was a production designer on uh, JJ's original Trek. Um, so he talked about uh, doing a lot of. De- he's an artist, and he does a lot of design work, production design work. Mostly now, he does. Um, storyboards, but back then he was doing things like he designed the tricorder. He designed, you know, uh, he was really disappointed because he got assigned to design a lot of the Klingon tech for the Klingon scenes that they ended up cutting out, <laughs> which he actually pointed out. He was like, yeah, the, the exec said, you know, Star Trek, got to do Star Trek, got to do Klingons, and, you know, J.J. was totally against it, but he had to do it because they wanted it, and then we eventually cut it out anyway. So that's where that story comes from. Ah. Um, yeah, I remember that story. Uh, there's like a huge chunk 
yeah. of the 09 movie that mm-hmm. dealt with Klingons. A Deline, uh, yeah, and, where, uh, where what's-his-name is yeah. imprisoned by yes, the Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he was talking about, oh, my designs, a lot of them didn't make it, and I was kind of sad. But I did stop J.J. from putting money into the Federation, so because apparently he was told to design money. So he designed coinage. He designed various things. and But he did at a production meeting. He was like, now, you know, boss, you can do what you want, but uh, Roddenberry's no vision okay. was yes. that the Federation would move beyond money and there wouldn't be a need for it. And he said the entire room got quiet. All these film execs are looking at him like, who is this fucking guy? And, <laughs> and he said, J.J. looked at him and then looked at his assistant and went, is that true? And his assistant apparently went, uh, yeah, actually, that, that kind of is true. That is true. And uh, the very next day, they took the money bit that was in the script out. Wow. Abrams was not aware of this? Up. Yeah. Uh, no That's com- like basic trick. Yeah, no, no that would have pissed no off a lot of fans. No comment, but yeah. So, so uh, Bonnie talked about being on Prodigy, doing the voice. She talked you know, about some fun little interactions. And at some point, some staff member of the con showed up with a bag of stuff. And apparently, I set it down in front of uh, uh, Jeff because he's, you know, both a, a Trek and, a, you know, foodie connoisseur. We got these cans of beer, a Star Trek beer, Engage beer, which... Uh, uh, it was like just a little commemorative thing. And apparently it's really rare, uh, especially here in the North America. And uh, I don't know anything about it. Torch, I mean, Torchlight Brewing Company. Yeah, they did advise so, us not to drink it because it was probably a little old. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to give you some beer. I can fill in a little bit of the gap. Up, up. Did I know what I was doing or what? Uh, there's a established, I don't know if you want to call it a company, but a license called Federation of Beers. And what they do is they get individual breweries to create and then bottle or can types of beer that will have Trek names on them. Um, the most famous one I could tell you was the, the 50th anniversary, uh, the anniversary ale that uh that um well darren and i got to try when we were at uh Mm -hmm. the 50th anniversary uh viewing of star trek beyond right when we were there for the world premiere you look like you're about to bust they debuted it at comic-con now every couple of years they put out um a new i guess line if you will but they don't carry on a lot of the labels for very long i don't i didn't so i I don't know exactly when this particular one came out because i don't remember this one yeah but I remember at the Star Trek Con every year they have the they have like individual cans or mm-hmm. bottles of what they have quote unquote coming up that okay. year. Okay. This label um, says copyright twenty twenty three. Okay, so it's right. fairly recent. So it's maybe not... they've reprinted or remade, and some of the bottles they had were old, and some of them maybe because because this... this label is actually applied to the can, yeah. folks. This is not printed <laughs> right on the yeah, can. Yeah, it's a sticker. It's a sticker on a very clean, shiny aluminum yeah. can. Yeah. I have a couple uh, of Torchlight Brewing Company in Nelson, British Columbia. All right. Cuz I have a couple of bottles of stuff at home that it is actual 
um, painted on the bottle, but I also have some where it's a printed label that's just glued onto the bottle. Mm. So there are so many now. Yeah, just, just geek licensed products. Yeah, genre licensed products in the alcohol business, especially oh, yeah. in beer. That it's uh, unless it is a flavor that's somehow inspired by it. I just it just goes right over my head now, for caring so, because there's no difference between that right. bottle of beer and Halo on Doritos. That's right. just what it is. <laughs> right. So Wait, I, I, what? I have a bottle of, of Monty Python beer from my very first trip to England that I bought at Dune Castle, the castle that they shoot that the first scene, you know, the, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberry. So like before they used it in Game of Thrones and before they used it in Outlander, they use Dune Castle for Monty Python. And so the first time I went, that's like in the gift shop, they had a whole huge Monty Python section, which was really cool. <laughs> and they had this giant bottle, and I didn't even like beer back then. It was this giant bottle of beer with this awesome label. And I was like, I am taking that home. I still have it awesome. unopened. Yeah. And at this point, that that first trip was 2008. So it's at that point, 20 years yeah, old. It's they, they, but this might not be skunked. Yeah. It might not be no, uh, I, I, unless it was exposed to heat. It should be fine. Yeah. I, I'm I I don't care about beer, so I'm just keeping it for nostalgia purposes. Don't let the label fool you. There's a lot of beers out there that have that same label. They're just done by microbreweries yeah. that don't have yeah. like a like right. a Budweiser style right. can printing thing. thing. But I think can. if you want to keep it as a as a souvenir, it's better to keep it in like yeah. closed and not opened. Yeah. Which is why I haven't ever touched. Well, it, it's re- it, it's really funny how they do everything like that because uh, a cousin of Vernon's that I met at the memorial, he showed something Vernon got him a while ago, and it was a bottle of water that we apparently sold at the experience. I remember this. There you go. I'm what? so glad Jeff is here tonight. Are we talking just like a plastic bottle of water? No. Nope. Well, Mm-mm, not plastic, well, dude. This was glass. Have, was what, at one point, we did have bottled, plastic bottled water that was just listed as Altair water. Right. And then later on, we had a really nice. This was a commemorative, <clears throat> nice purpley blue. I had a bottle. Tall, of this. B- slim bottle. Oh, now I did not buy it. It was given to me. Yeah. But I had it. It was just. It was literally Star Trek: The Experience. Yeah. Licensed, and it was just water. Yeah. Although I do think we actually had a sparkling version of it too. That I was think in the glass. this was sparkling. Okay. Dude. So yeah. And uh, it he didn't even open it. I was just like, wow, we've got. Wow. Halo on Doritos. I know. What is Halo on Doritos? <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. Doritos, Halo on yeah. it. <laughs> That's literally, they yeah. put, yeah, they put the, the Halo the logo. You know, like, oh, still, it was like when I was in the freeze frozen food section the other day and I saw Magic the Gathering Pop-Tarts or yes. whatever it was. Yeah, it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was interesting. It was nice seeing her. Uh uh, Bonnie is just uh, just a, a whirlwind of energy, just going about her business, trying to you know be successful. Yeah, she's fun. She was talking about getting into Prodigy. She was talking about Star Trek, and she actually did this very nice little salute to Vernon because she was not a fan prior to getting into the experience. And when she got in, apparently, she was talking to Vernon because, you know, cute girl, Vernon. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but it happened. never happens. And he actually, she said he actually gave her um, a lowdown of episodes, series, episodes to watch. This from Next Gen, this from DS9, this from Voyager, blah, 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 and to lay out 
everything she would need to get a handle on the history of what was behind the experience. And she said she ended up watching those and getting so wrapped up into it, she watched the whole Star Trek Uber, and that was what got her into loving Trek. So that was actually a very nice little thing on her part, and which led, of course, to her campaigning for, like, Prodigy and other things. She mentioned another series, which actually is kind of... Uh, hold on a second. Let me grab uh, some IMDb because there is a series called Manhattan Transfer. I love that band. Yep. Well, this is a little different. Cause Their version of Nightingale Sing in Barclay Square uh, is yeah. one of the best. Well, my, my dad yeah. is a massive Manhattan Transfer. Oh, fan. my uh, my uh, <laughs> I my drama music musical teacher teacher in high school is a big we we sang a lot of manhattan transfer Too huge um, boogie yo let's see so no that's the totally wrong why there don't you is. bring this up for the next one then i yeah. think i may have hey. to because <laughs> hey kirsten i'm getting so much wrong hey kirsten hey uh hey fuck you good story oh, fuck you so anyway drink but anyway, it's a, it's a it's a science fiction story about aliens that actually abduct the island of Manhattan, and uh, there are species that that take chunks of civilizations and they put them like in these kind of exhibits. So you've got the island of Manhattan under a dome, and it's it's actually kind of post-apocalyptic because literally. The island Manhattan is trying to figure out how to survive under this dome That's because an it's oblong dome. Yes, and uh, she, I, it's funny because she mentioned some cast members and she said I can talk about these because they're on the IMDb, but I can't talk about you know some others. So, but uh, she is actually in it, and the IMDb she said is out, so she could actually talk about it. Although, there are apparently a bunch of Manhattan Transfer movies and TV series. This is kind of... There was something in 2016, for God's sake. Um, Manhattan Transfer Shock. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, anyway... Brought um, to you by Sandwich Shock. But, yeah. It was interesting. Uh, I learned about jizz music. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a thing. Google it's it. It's Star Wars jizz music. Yep, it, no. it, it's uh, it's because uh, George Lucas doesn't know how to name things. Yeah, and, remember and, the three eye thing? He called it three yees. Yeah. Remember the 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 drug dealer Elon Sleazebagano? Uh, really, yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that and the fact that that you know he didn't know what jizz was apparently when <laughs> when because they named that type of music jizz. So well, he didn't have kids then. Yeah, that's that's how you learn what jizz is. Was yeah. it a phrase in the seventies? <laughs> nope. He just called jazz jizz music. Yeah. And that's uh, that's what yeah. you get when you do too many death sticks. That that's the that's what the cantina band is playing is a uh, jizz genre or jizzra. Speaking of Deb, what time is it? <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Boo! <laughs> ah, Why? Jude Law revealed on the Tonight Show that he stayed in character as Captain Hook anytime he was on the set of the newly released David Lory's Peter Pan and Wendy. Gotta love the method actor. Oh, is he method? Well, the Disney reimagining cast, um, Law, um, Jew Law is playing Captain Hook, okay? And to ensure that the child actors on set would be scared of Hook, the director instructed Law to not reveal his personal, oh, okay. true Jew Law self until after they were done filming. So he 
came to law with this idea, encouraging him to just stay in character as Captain Hook the whole time, um, which was just an opportunity just to be really scary and mean. Sounds kind of awful. This is lost like talking on the Barry's Tonight Show. Barry's perfect job. I know. He didn't want to be talking to a little six-year-old dude, and then suddenly it's like, right, you hate me. I'm Hook. So instead, I just stuck his hook, and yeah, a lot of the reactions you see in the film are the kids' actual reactions to his behavior towards them as Captain Hook. Um, but when mm. filming wrapped, uh, he finally was able to like talk to the kids as Jude Law and to make nice because he'd been mean to them the whole time. He brought an ice cream truck on set and gave them all free ice cream. That went any kid over. That went <laughs> me over. We, we could be we could be blood enemies, if, but if you bring an ice cream truck to my house, mm-hmm. forgiveness. Yeah, but it was that that gourmet ice cream stuff. So it was also like, a strawberry balsamic. The kids yeah, love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pirate blood. You know the keel hall like strawberry sauce. Um, <laughs> sauce keel hall and cream. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Cracking guts. Yeah. The walk the plank, plunk peppermint, bilge water. Yeah, Bilgewater. Bilgewater blueberry. Brine. It's, it's just called brine. Just just brine. Salt and yeah. vinegar ice cream. There it is. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Deb knows it. She's calling it. <laughs> oh, that yeah. Wrong. <laughs> By the way, uh, I got it. Walter Koenig is actually Walter one of Koenig. The, yeah, is actually Koenig. one of the, uh, the actors in there. So that's the cool news about Manhattan Transfer. Sad news. So is Kevin Sorbo. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I'm not watching go. that. Ugh. It's been sorbed. I can't it's been sorbed. I can't see him in anything except for Hercules. So and it's like a bunch of religious movies. Well, that I have never seen and completely never will. Yeah. yeah. Really? You never saw those back in your days? No. I wonder if he wore his Twitter jacket. <laughs> what is that? Lined with aluminum foil or something? No, no, he had it printed with all of his favorite tweets that he put out there. All of his favorite. Yeah. Okay. It's his own. It's it's a All jacket right. of his own tweets. Wow. We're gonna derail this for a second <laughs> because Jeff found something awesome. We were talking. We were looking at the ice cream. Uh, I I was looking at some of the uh, the past flavors at Salt and Straw. Oh and- Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, <laughs> we're starting the podcast over, people. Well, I, <laughs> no, I, you're gonna love this one. I, I literally just wanted Barry to see it because he's a good, he's a big fan of Gabagool. It's a good melon and Gabagool. Melon and Capricola. Capicola. Gabagool. <laughs> wow. Oh. I mean- the the brown ale and bacon I could see myself eating, but the, yeah, the melon and capicola. They, melon it, and they do a turkey dinner one at Thanksgiving time. Yeah, monkeys. Oh, get Bo- that to follow the Bobby bone marrow and smoked berries. Yeah, Ooh, smoked <laughs> berry. I don't want to. We are <laughs> taste that. We're obviously very hungry. <laughs> I'm not. I just had a shrimp bowl. I'm you, fine. You wouldn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because me eating does not die does not tamp down my enthusiasm for a good sandwich. I'm oh a- boy. I, I just came across oh, another one. Uh oh. What do you got? What do you got? Fish sauce caramel Ew. with palm sugar. You keep Ew. that shit. <laughs> that's disgusting. That's some, some Philippine bullshit. I'm sorry. Fuck that. <laughs> you you put fish in shit. the name for an ice cream yeah. flavor and that just no. Uh-uh. Fuck I got off. a friend in the Philippines. We talk all the time and Mint. he told me about the food he eats. I'm like, "Dude, you eat shit." Mint and sea urchin merengue. No. <laughs> no, dude. Anything from the ocean. Gross as a ice cream flavor. That's wow. just gross. Really? Fish. It's unappetizing. I, what? I can't stand uni. What? No, uni's gross. Lobster's sweet, right? Yeah, it could be. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, but do you want your ice cream to taste like meat? I don't. Depends. 
Gabagool. Gabagool. Gabagool with melon. It's a it's a popular thing. And you ever have like <laughs> what do you mean melon it's a popular ra- thing? No. No, you never had melon <laughs> wrapped with like prosciutto? No. Really? Yes. Uh oh. Dude, it's a popular thing. We well, I guess what's up. going in our mouth. We next didn't grow week. up in an Italian neighborhood area of the country. Okay, I never had that when I was a kid, but when I was an adult and I go to like Italian restaurants and stuff, they have like little uh melon balls wrapped with prosciutto. Dill pickle sorbet. <laughs> that one I could see. Well, yeah, it's good for the pregnant crowd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That one I could see. Peach vinegar and toasted nutmeg. That sounds amazing. That one I could see too because it's more like a peach cobbler. Or like a, a, a shrub. Yeah, or a peach shrub. A yeah. shrub. Avocado Oaxacan chocolate fudge. Shrub is a drink thing. Yes, oh, I shrub was is a say, liquor. Yeah. They should just do a flavor. Shrub. <laughs> shrub. Yeah, but it depends on what kind. Yeah. A, a you shrub. don't know what shrub is, do you? Yeah. Duck cracklings <laughs> and cherry preserves. What the ass? Cracklings. Avocado Duck. toast. Is that Caesar. another? Is that Avocado another? Avocado toast. What is that? Some oh shit. Hipster bullshit. Shit. That this is why this is why the country is dying. <laughs> this is why the country is finished. Hey, Todd just put his headphones down. He's done. He's just done. Wow. He's leaving. He's actually leaving <laughs> the room. It. He's at. All right. We're done. He just said. Jeff, you shut toast. your ignorant mouth. He's a, oh, he's wow. leaving the room. Wow. He's gone. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. What else you got, Dad? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we finally offended his delicate sensibilities. I no, feel like just, a winner. You keep talking about food. I'm not even hungry, but this is so interesting. <laughs> hey, geeks gotta eat too. Jeff's taking a Biggs's mantle of. Jeff reads the internet. Going down a hole. <laughs> Going down a hole. Yeah, but when Biggs does, he's like, oh, oh, let me rewatch this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, wait, wait. I'm calling it up right now. Uh, uh, News wait. you don't give a shit about. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Pitched at the work in progress industry section of International Documentary Film Festival, Visions de Rule, or Real, it's French, U.S. director David Bornstein, sophomore feature, Can't Feel Nothing, explores the connection between internet use and emotional disorders. The filmmaker has been making technology films for networks like BBC, Al Jazeera, and Vice for years and said that it's come time that he makes something of his own and a project he focused on what he calls the vast apparatus of systems and technologies that are trying to influence our emotions. It's an interesting job, but sometimes it feels like I'm some some sort of Kafka book. I interview technologists and people who make apps, who create the infrastructure of the internet that we use. I can't help feeling I'm interviewing people who are turning our lives into a living hell, as I struggle with my own addiction to the internet and how it changes me. Bornstein told Variety that the title of his film came from an interview with a child therapist in Denmark, where he lives, who was who has written a book about the way overstimulation from the internet has dulled people's emotions in real life. Um, Bornstein structured the film around his narrative, dividing it into chapters named after human emotions, joy, love, fear, pride, shock, or anger, that go into specific technology designed to make humans feel those emotions. He shot it in China, Denmark, Macedonia, the U.S., and Russia, where he filmed TikTok propagandists trying to raise feelings of pride among young users in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In Macedonia, he followed a doctor who became an expert in creating fake news, earning more money than they did as a doctor. In China, where he lived for 10 years, he explored effective computing that seeks to measure and influence human emotions, such as galvanic skin response or facial recognition. And he said the main challenge was to actually make a documentary about technology that was focused on people and not the technology. Mm. 
So often when you watch this type of doc, you don't feel the consequences of the technology. You just look at it rationally. But it's much harder to make this kind of film with strong characters with a global reach based on actually real people. Um, he hopes his film will help people reflect on the way that they use and process information from the internet. Well, that sounds like my job. I make advertisements to make people feel fear so that they have to run out and buy whatever it is that I'm selling. I think it's, it's more focused on, for example, a lot of the younger generations, um, millennials and younger, have grown up with the internet. Yeah. Okay. And even gen- the current generations, I mean, God, my nephews can do more things on devices than I could do when I was in high school, right? Obviously, those things didn't exist, but like they inherently are learning those things as babies because they are given technology as infants to entertain themselves and learn things and play games and do all these things. But they are also not interacting with other people, they are interacting with computers and video games and people through other devices so you're not they lose that human connection and so I kind of understand where he's trying to go with this it's a lot of people the more you are using internet in your daily life and you are looking at TikTok you're looking at Instagram you're looking at you are looking at things people post but you are seeing it through a like a third layer type thing, right? You're not immediately involved in it. So a lot of emotional response can be muted and or not, you don't necessarily perceive it as you would if you saw something like that in person. Oh yeah, we're totally desensitized to shit. Right, and also, I mean, we've seen it, I, I work with a lot of young coworkers who just got out of college, young 20s, first job, and their people skills are not great. They're, they, and they also come more into the work like expecting, everything in a handbasket. I just graduated college. I have this job. Now you need to treat me like I've been working here 20 years and I deserve it and I know everything. And a lot of them also kind of have those attitudes. And I think those are two separate reasons why, but a lot of it is that they grew up with access to all this information, all this data, all of these, anything and everything you could learn and want to learn, you can find it now on the internet. Mm -hmm. And that was just not something that was around when we were all growing up and kids i mean hell the internet really wasn't i you couldn't even use it as like a validated source in papers and anything until i was in college and even then it was rare if you want to look at how uh deeply uh the internet affects uh the psychology of a being you have to look no further than Barry. There it is. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. (laughs) Because the only emotion he has left is anger. Yes. And so it stripped him of all of his other emotions. And and all he has left. Disdain. The only feeling that he can feel, the only thing he knows, the only reason he knows he's alive is the anger inside. And usually directed at you. He is uh, a creature to be pitied. Yes. But it also, (laughs) I will say this, I feel like the internet is is bad for older generations, like people my parents' age, so 70s, 80s, 90s. People who grew up in generations where the news was non-biased, unpartisan, they just presented the news. And they trusted what they were told from these news outlets and news networks. And you have things online, on Facebook and all these things, that call themselves news, and they are trusting what they are learning from these sources and, and not validating or verifying. And it has also, I think, severely helped the far ridiculous yes. on both sides. <clears throat> the extremes on both sides of our society 
um, in thoughts and opinions because a lot of them are just reading it as fact. And they are spouting it off again as fact and well. preaching to people that will listen as fact. And you know the, what? The, I think the problem is uh, that it's hard to tell which of the, those outlets are bullshit and not. I have two examples of this. The other day, I was like, ooh, a new Dune trailer. Nope, that's a fan-made bullshit trailer. And you get a lot of that on YouTube. And then I read Google News. Like, I'll just... I'll, punch it into Google slash news and I'll read like the news but and I'll, if I'll go to an article and come back sometimes it'll go to that other screen on my phone where it'll just be here are the top whatever sensational articles not actually the news and it looks very similar but I'll notice there's a difference whereas one side will be like here's the world news here's what's happening in Russia it's terrible blah, blah, blah. but then I come back and it's like here's the top 10 things you should do to blah, blah, blah. oh god stop and and my mother will will read will probably read that and on her phone and uh, believe half of it. Well, believe I mean, half of it. Believe all of it. Believe all of it. The type of manipulation you're talking about, or they're talking about in that article, is nothing new. It's just the medium has changed, and there's a lot more access. There's to There's a it lot now. more access to it because yeah. I mean they've been doing that since early stage plays. I mean, shoot, the storytelling around a campfire is one of the earliest examples of you know. Presenting information in a manipulative way. Well, yeah, I, I'm. I guess interpersonal uh, interaction skills might actually suffer because I actually take a bit of issue with the whole contact thing. Because in many ways, uh, kids on the internet now are in contact and engaged with more people than we ever were yeah. when we were young, and a lot of the. A lot of the uh, poo-pooing I hear about being online, uh, I used to hear because I was a bookworm. I was an introverted book bookworm. Yeah. I, you know, would go home. I always had a book to read in study hall or on the bus or something. And even my dad was just like, "Jesus, you do so much reading," you know. And and there's a lot that I hear that's just similar to that. So I'm a I'm a little skeptical. I would like to see this documentary, though. I'm very interested, especially in the Mechadonian fake news thing, because a lot of equivalency is played in the fake news thing, but the truth is is that there's an overabundance on the far right that is just viciously exploiting the tensions in the U.S., yeah. and it's really, really bad. It. I, and you get people that are very, we, we have a friend who's very, very, he's super smart, but he is so easily confused mm -hmm. about what sources to trust. And he'll sit there and, and cite farrightnonsense.info <laughs> in comparison to like CNN. And it's like, well, it's all the same. And it's like, dude, no, it's not. dude, stop. So it, it's... It's it that'll be that would be very interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I I I am a I am I don't know. I I worked with some younger generation people back when I was working in the workforce, and they were okay. But then again, they were performers, so I don't know. They they had different breed. They yeah, had they had people skills and all that stuff. I I've interviewed yeah. a lot of people for various jobs over the last ten years. And there are some people who have absolutely no clue how to talk to other human beings. Yeah. Or th just the 
basic job skills, you know, when you get out in front of someone and have to present yourself. Nothing. No idea. Uh, I wonder what it would be like to be a kid now, like, and I say kid, I mean like 20-something, without Tinder, trying to, you know, mate. Uh, do they even know what to do? Do they know how to talk to people anymore? Well, you're talking about language, and one of the examples that just recently was presented and I found very fascinating was that our language is evolving and our generation is on the tail end of the, or excuse me, right at the beginning of the next evolution of language because of how words are being used and mm -hmm. how they're being truncated. And, yeah. Exactly. Um, Speeding up so communication. Exactly. They're mm -hmm. used to that online communication where you want to shorten everything down. So I'd say in 10 years, the language that's going to be used, we may not recognize at all. It may almost be like what uh, court like, reporters do yeah, when they're typing shorthand. notes about stuff. Yeah. Beat speak. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is funny because it's, and, and there are some things that like I appreciate, like it, it's, I, I, I've heard that for like a lot of the younger generation an actual phone call is, yeah. that, that's, oh. that's almost like offensive. Well, it's terrifying they too either text for some people. Or yeah. video call. And yeah. I can't even tell you, all of my nieces and nephews, if they if we plan a call, I get an incoming video call. I'm just like, I wasn't planning on a video call. I'm like doing laundry and doing right, crap around right. the house. I want to talk <laughs> to you. Why do we have to see and, each other? And they'll they'll do stuff while they're on the video call too. Yes. They'll yes. be wandering around doing this, taking care of that, even, even while they're talking to you. Whereas for me, a video call would be let's Focused. sit down. You and sit and you, yeah, and you focus right. on that call. And, but I, I blame just, Apple for that. Mm. Yeah, face, I blame FaceTime. us in the 80s because that's what we wanted. Well, that's what we yeah. wanted, yes. It, it is. Like, although, you know, in the 80s, we still thought of the console being in a fixed position. <laughs> yes, so when we you did. did your video call, it was just like, you know, you had your short. Remember? Remember when, when they started doing phone jacks and stuff and you could get different cords and how people started getting the 20-foot oh long God, phone yeah. cords and shit so you could walk around the, the, the kitchen or the house Ours, while you're- We had a laundry room that was right- yeah. So the phone was right in the kitchen wall and you had a little dining room table and the laundry room and the cord was just long enough you could get into the laundry right. room and close the door so you could have a <laughs> conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom so. loved that long, stretchy yeah. phone cord. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Because she could walk- Because we had- Two fixed areas in the house where you could plug in phones. Mm -hmm. Two in the yeah. entire house. I'm sure their bedroom and the main the living room area. The kitchen phone pretty much covered most of the house, and then they had one in their mm -hmm. in the in the quote unquote master bedroom, which is still just a tiny tiny little bedroom in this really old house that we lived in. Um, when my mom got that cord, oh, she was yeah. So my mom loved she, her cord. She could walk through most of the house from that phone. She could walk through the entire kitchen. She could walk in the entire back room of the house and then almost to the, the front door. Mm -hmm. And then when we got the cordless phone, Never mind. oh, my it's, God. It's yeah, over. she was outside oh, yeah. in the yard doing <laughs> but, stuff, talking but, on the I mean, But back just. to the original point, it was the console with the little video yeah. thing. And you yeah. would just, you sat down and had your phone conversation. Yep. And, and now the communication is on the run. 
Yeah. You know, it, you don't you don't sit and have a video. You don't sit and text. Mm-mm. They're walking and texting. It's like you're constantly engaged, constantly communicating, five, maybe a half dozen conversations all at once. And, you know, so it's kind of weird because I think in many ways they're very engaged. Well, they're over communicating, but. Yeah, uh, that, I think, yes. is actually a great word to use. Yes. But it's also, in my opinion, in a lot of cases, it's disconnected over communication. Mm-hmm. So, again, you're losing that talking face to face to someone and having that person read your body language as you're talking to them. And, you know, I have brought it up probably a few times, but there's an awesome skit I love by Key and Peel that talks about like they're texting each other and one of them is interpreting it as hostile and the other one is just no dude you know like super mm-hmm, laid back mm-hmm. and cool and oh, i remember that's funny uh, it's an awesome skit but i mean that that's where our communication is and so a lot of times you are emotionally detached you have to be because you don't want to like read into every single thing you get because sure. i think us older generation when i know Tons of emails I've gotten at work, depending on the mood I am, I'll read it as, oh, that fucking asshole. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. And really, like, they were just making a statement well, about well, something that had yeah, nothing but, to do. I heard but the phrase, per my last email, <laughs> is always hostile. <laughs> <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard, like, young people say that they actually have to take into account if they're speaking to someone older. Because it's like, apparently, if you use punctuation, you're, you're, you're being kind of an asshole. Like, if you say, thank you, right? It's just like thank you, but if you say thank you, with an exclamation period. Point. I always do it with an exclamation yeah. point. Yeah. Well, if you it do it, with you do it with a period, that's like a harsh. fuck yeah, you. Yeah, harsh. You know, hey, I got the blah blah blah. <laughs> you asked me to get last week. Thank you, and it's like, well, you know, fuck you too. You know what you do? Just don't use punctuation. Oh Jesus! Or I'll put Christ. smiley yeah. faces if I know the people really yeah. well. Cause yeah. No, I I do a similar thing where I'll use I make sure to use exclamation points so people yeah. know I'm all excited. Exactly. But it's just like, wow. This shit's wow, and it's all evolved, you know. Sure, it, 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 it's there's a, there's a learning curve for there's a learning curve for the for the older po- folks using the technology. There's a learning curve for the younger folks learning to communicate in the workplace. Yes. one of the uh, for the young folks, one of the first things you can do uh, to help you communicate in the workplace when you meet someone, look them in the eye, shake their hand, and don't pee. <laughs> wow. that, you know, is the wow. key, that third part that third part yeah the first part is very important too no one looks anyone in the eye anymore you know 40 years from now when the vulcans land in bozeman montana we're yeah, completely boy. fucked because they're, they're gonna be like oh we know this english language that they speak and they're gonna land and it's gonna be nothing like what they yeah but at the same time i'm surprised jeff doesn't drive around with one of those bumper stickers that says Beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down <laughs> yeah. here. Oh, I mean, well, it's that's, funny, Well, too. that's what the service industry does to you. You're just like, oh, my God, how many times can I repeat yep. the same thing over and over and this person not understand? But the Vulcans, uh, you know, when they make their contact, uh, uh, they're far enough along in this technology, further along than we are, right? So their first contact is probably going to be the hack the system. So it's going to be an a non-personal, you know, not face-to-face communication. Guys, you're 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 forgetting something very important in the whole Vulcan com- communication thing, and that is that we haven't had the eugenics wars yet, and <laughs> technology hasn't gone to shit. That has to happen first. Yes, it does. It does. It's getting there. It is getting. It's not going to be eugenics wars. It's going to be a fight over like Pokemon or something. Artificial intelligence. Pokemon. Water. AI. Beanie. Terminator. Skynet. Terminator is going to happen. Funko Pops. Speaking of Funko Pops, let's do some red light, green light. Okay. Red light, green light.
play yeah. Doesn't matter what you say They're gonna make this shit anyway Ha-ha! <laughs> Switcheroo! Oh. I bring this meeting of Done Right Productions to order. That's right, I'm back again, second time in the show. We have four... Wait, is it four? I got five, five. pitches here. How many of them are related to sandwiches? And one or more <laughs> of these may be fake. All right, so the five series, you can only green light one of them. The five series are Struck by Lightning, Frankenstein Untold, Raven's Shadow, Christopher Robin, and Vampire Survivors. What? Oh, well, we'll oh, start. Oh, I'm, I'm, nope, just going to wait. We'll start with the first one. Struck Red by light them all. CBS is putting some electricity behind the remake of the 1979 series Struck by Lightning. The series plot was inspired by the Frankenstein story. It follows Jeffrey Kramer, who plays a science teacher who inherits an old creepy-looking Victorian inn. Right before selling it, Kramer discovers that Frank, the inn's handyman, is actually Frankenstein's monster. The series only aired 11 episodes in the UK. CBS hopes to ride on the monster fandom, but still had humor to the thrilling TV show. Oh, so it's going to be comedy. Uh, yeah, com- comedy uh, action, I guess, by the looks of this. Uh, George Eads has been rumored to play Frank. Uh, no other names have been provided. How do you feel about a somewhat comedy struck by lightning? Wait a minute. that The, the, the older series, that had the Jack Elam? He was the, the that, that actor who had that one eye that just went off and he played like kind of wacky off the wall. Wasn't that okay. Marty uh, Feldman? Feldman? No, 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 no. Jack Elam, you, you would know who I was talking Who's about. Who's Marty Feldman? Marty Feldman uh, played like... Uh, Igor. Igor. In young Igor in Young Frankenstein. But I think... That's Frankenstein. Oh, I remember my dad. Yeah. The things he used to Is say young? to me. What did he say? What the hell are you doing in the bathroom day and night? Yeah. Why don't you get out of there? Give someone else a chance. I for- that okay, guy. Remind me, Young Frankenstein, is that the movie that had the scene with the kittens in the pie? Is that a totally different movie? What the fuck <laughs> movie is that? Every time someone brings up Young Frankenstein, that's the scene I think of, and I obviously am thinking I, of a different I movie. I think you're thinking of Young Einstein. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow! With Yahoo Serious. <laughs> wow! Wow. You were real close. You were real close. That is my favorite moment of this episode. (laughs) The only commonality is Stein. No, no. uh, Young uh, Frankenstein is Gene Wilder. Okay. Black and and white. Black and white and with uh, Terry Garr. Yeah. That one. I know I've seen it, but I just, that scene is always what pops into my head. No kittens to be found. (laughs) No kittens. And he gives some amazing impassioned speeches in that movie. Oh, I'm it, just it, surprised it, I Wilder remember fucking young Einstein. All right, I saw that movie once. I'm not like, sure I'm impressed by it. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the '90s, right? Jesus, probably <laughs> early '90s, so, 30, 35 yeah. years ago. <laughs> the movie that gave us Yahoo serious, and we forgot him. Immediately. 1988. Is it 88? Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so struck by lightning. All right. How do you feel about it? I kind of, I kind of like. I might give it a shot. I don't know. Are there kittens in a pie? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <sighs> All right, let's see how it uh, folds against the next one. Frankenstein Untold is a new series in development from Sky Studios, which is described as a quote radical reimagining of the classic monster tale. Wait a minute, wasn't the Dracula movie called Dracula Untold? 
The yeah. project will take Mary Shelley's novel as a jumping off point, quote, to explore the book's philosophical and political themes with the story set in 1816 told through the eyes of eight different characters, unquote. The show will be directed by Philip Stoltz, who did the Royal Game in North Face, who also created the series and is de- developing it with producers Noy Schaunhauser, film who did Back on Track. What do you think of Frankenstein Untold? Eh? I know nothing about it. Eighteen sixteen philosophical and political themes of Frankenstein. Well, Frankenstein was eighteen sixteen, wasn't it? That's uh, when she wrote it. Thereabouts. That or thereabouts. A year without a summer. Google it. Well, it seems to be that uh, we we did that little vampire run a couple years back. Now it seems to be on a Frankenstein run. That yeah, Dracula really. Untold wasn't that going to be part of the. It was going to be a bigger universe. Yeah, yeah. So it's the one that the Mummy universe was. Yeah, yeah. Failed at doing. Uh, yeah. If they're going to do the full universe, then you know maybe. But so far, all I know is here's a movie about Frankenstein. But this isn't. That's it. This is a series. It has nothing to do with any of that. And oh. it's going to be. Sky Studios, which I'm assuming is the the British network. Yeah. Sky. Yeah. They tend to cancel things just when I get into them. Oh, well, then green light. <laughs> Spite green light. Spite light. Spite light. Uh, next up, Raven's Shadow. Anthony Ryan's Raven's Shadow fantasy book series has been acquired by Paul Teglity's The Whole Spiel production company. They will adapt the stories into a TV series. The books in the series include Queen of Fire, Raven's Shadow, Raven's Blade, Bloodsong, and Tower Lord. Series will de- be developed under the working title Queen of Fire. The story follows the character named Lyrna, an enslaved princess, quote, who despite the malign manipulations of her father, rises to lead an empire in uncovering the truth of forbidden powers of the dark. Rava, a young woman born to privilege, stolen from her loving home, raised to kill, and blinded by revenge, and the woman, as she is simply known, is cruel, ruthless, an utterly unrepentant soul in the body of a beautiful woman with an insatiable lust of her power who will stop at nothing for the promise of immortality. The series also features Valen, a legendary warrior, server of the faith, possessor of a gift known as the Blood Song, a form of precognition, guiding his sword in battle and showing him the right path if he chooses to take it. Frentis, who grew up, there's a lot of people. Frentis, who grew up on the streets alone, is powerless against the woman's magic and forced to kill innocents and those he once served. He possesses a quest for revenge, which might see him lose his last remnants of the gentle soul he once was. This is straight out of the young adult section. Raven's Shadow. What do you think? No. No. All right. All right. That went into the see. I'd rather see Throne of Glass. The CW might pick that up. Yeah, really. Uh, Next up, Christopher Robin, a live-action slash animated hybrid comedy series called Christopher Robin. They did the movie already. Is being developed by Boat Rocker and Shamir Anderson and Stephen James of Bay Mills Studios. The series is described as a reimagining of A.A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh and the story, quote, Christopher Robin is a disillusioned New Yorker navigating his quarter-life crisis with the help of the weird-talking animals who live beyond a drug-induced portal outside his derelict apartment complex, The Hundred Acres, unquote. Project is based on a script written by Charlie Kesseling, who did Most Likely 2 and Turned On, who will also executive produce Conrad Vernon, who did Shrek 2 and Sausage Party, is also on board to produce. 
I like what do you think of Christopher Robin? I like it. I like the idea. I think it's an interesting take. I I just the 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 weird animals that came from a porno. A drug induced portal. Portal. <laughs> oh. What the hell movie are drug you about to green light? Uh, I was about to green light it, yeah. Kirsten Kirsten. I I, I don't Too know. much sex on the internet for you. Honey orgy. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, there's a Vampire Survivors. Auto, auto shooter game Vampire Survivors is going to become an animated series. Dude, bullshit! <laughs> Vampire Survivors developer Ponicle is teaming up with media company Story Kitchen to, quote, adapt the comedic horror, gothic horror video game into a premium animated television series, unquote. The game is set in rural Italy in the year 2021. Members of the Bella Palese family attempt to rid the land of the evil Bisconte Draculo, who has unleashed both famine and monstrous hordes for unspecified reasons. <laughs> Throughout the game, players will use various weapons, abilities, magic spells to kill hordes upon hordes of monsters through varied locations, such as a, a cursed forest, a haunted library, a tower, and a chapel. As a roguelite, uh, players gather golden resources until they're finally overwhelmed before starting over again with another character. Uh, so, Vampire Survivors, a Barry, as somebody who's played the game, uh, you particularly, and Deb, you watched a lot of the game. How do you feel about this as a series? Fuck you, Spurl. <laughs> <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Anybody else want to weigh in? <laughs> Why? Is, is it too good to be true? Is it too exciting? I don't or? see how no! you could actually make a, a, a show out of that game. Yeah. yeah. Let's 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 pretend for a second that this is in the realm of possibility. All right. <clears throat> no. Red light. Hard red light. Why? Because it doesn't make any sense. The, the game has no no story already. Yeah. So you, you're going to make a... An, an anime out of this? It, 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 they're making the story up out of whole cloth. It's just crap. So there you have it. Struck by Lightning, Frankenstein Untold, Raven Shadow, Christopher Robin, and Vampire Survivors. Where do you put your red light? <laughs> I know I put my red light. <laughs> okay, where do you put your green light, Deb? <laughs> Probably struck by lightning. Struck by lightning. Yeah. Why, why is that one gathering you? Um, it's... Well, it's the only one that sounded kind of like a comedy. Um, and I don't know. The story seems like it would be interesting. Some of these others I just don't think are actually. I think this is one of those we have multiple fake stories on our hands. So struck by lightning. But it also sounds the most interesting to me. Barry, where's your green? Christopher Robin. Taking a shot, but I think it would work. I think it's time for an adult take on uh, uh, a mill. Jeff. Well, I th I think I'm also going to go Christopher Robin just because they all sound like hot garbage, but <laughs> that's probably the the least offensive of the group. Kay, where's your green? I have no clue. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, Frankenstein Untold doesn't, it just sounds like... It I sounds shallow. Is is it is are they are are all the Universal monster movies going to just be blah 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 untold? <sighs> I mean, maybe uh, with a being a period piece and the different characters, but I, I just didn't hear enough to 
to draw me in. Uh, how you're going to exploit that? Uh, the Queen of Fire thing. Jeez, <laughs> it, it like Barry pretty much said. It's just like they they took the young adult fantasy bingo card and just hit all the hit all the notes. Um, struck by lightning, you know, is really funny. Um, the closing credits for the TV series from the seventies was uh, um, set to the music of "You Are So Beautiful." Oh, fascinating! And it what? was it was this bizarre, bizarrely touching thing because you got Jackie Lamb with his wild hair and his eye just flying all over the place, being and um uh. And who the hell was Victor? But I, I don't know about this one. I, 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 uh, I almost want to go with Vampire Survivors just to piss off Barry. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll greenlight Vampire Survivors. Jesus All right. Christ, why? To piss you off. All right, looks like uh, we're going to greenlight Christopher Robin just based by a touch. Uh, but uh, which of these do you think are fake? Uh, Deb? Vampire Survivors and Raven's Shadow. All right, Barry. Uh, I feel exactly the same. Vampire Survivors and Raven's Shadow. Raven's Shadow, mainly because that it does seem like you, the young adult section just threw up a bunch of <laughs> shit names. <laughs> Sounds for... like it's aimed right at me, to be honest. And not, I... Vampire Survivors is aimed right at Barry. No, it um, is not. No. <laughs> I. You know what? I think that's actually a good point, because I, I wasn't going to say anything, Deb, but... <laughs> Vampire but, but, Survivors yeah. is aimed at me the same way the Battleship movie was aimed at me. Well, it's I, not. <laughs> and you know what? The Battleship had more of a story behind it than Vampire Survivors yeah. does as a game. Well, I could see Vampire Survivors uh, being uh, intentionally aimed, or misintentionally aimed at Barry. Like it, it oh, was, right, right. Well, we're doing this on Barry. It's going to be so great. And it, it's a total hard miss. Uh, and the, the Queen of Fire thing, yeah, that, that actually did... I mean, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah. that was sort of like the Deb checklist yep. right down the line, uh, except they, they obviously missed some important uh, element because it didn't grab you. It had too much description, Yeah, um, which right off the bat sounds like it came off the back of the book cover, and um, it has a lot of similarities to the Throne of Glass uh-huh. series, which I love. Oh, uh, okay. Jeff, what do you think's fake? Well, for sure, Raven Shadow is fake. Uh yeah, that's they just there were sort of certain elements in there that I'm like that sounds like a hodgepodge of names from things that this cast has talked about that we like, um, <coughs> subtly woven in, mind you. But it's, really, it's, yeah, really? that was <laughs> subtle, subtle, subtle. Okay. Uh, honestly, I feel like every one of these is fake except for probably Christopher Robin, just because it sounds it sounds so goddamned Hollywood. It really does. Yeah. yeah like Whereas the, uh, the rest all sound like something that was woven together to make us think. Like a It's Always Sunny version of yeah. Yeah, Christopher Robin. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting pitch. Okay, what do you think's fake? All right. I'm going to say Frankenstein Untold and Christopher Robin are the real ones. Oh. I think Struck by Lightning... Uh, Deb's queen, fiery queen, and and Barry's uh, vampire. Why is it Barry's? I'm not taking possession of that shit. <laughs> You're the one who brought it to the show. Yeah, it's always going to be your yep. fault. When this is this is yours. Show. 
Vampires. So Bar- watch, Barry Raw survives Raw vampires. All these things are real. <laughs> God, he's just looking at me so angry. In this yeah. group of five, there are a total of one. That's real. Fake. One fake. What? Uh-oh. What? Uh-oh. And that fake was sent to us by Pat Spurl. Thank you very much. Vampire Good survivors. job this week. You nailed it. Struck by lightning. Are oh. you fucking kidding me? They're making a Vampire Survivors <laughs> movie as Hollywood gone insane. Fuck no. this fucking show. Barry, uh, I amend one thing. It's a TV show, not a movie. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Is it going to be wow. on freebie? So that means that Frankenstein Untold, Raven Shadow, Christopher Robin, and Vampire Survivors, yes, are all in some so form of So the only one that actually sounded interesting to me is fake, of course. <laughs> wow. Good job, Pat. In other news, Christopher Robin's real. Okay, I'll check yeah. that out. That it's, sounds all if right. If they do it as like an... It's always sunny version of that story. I think that'd be funny. How do you make a show on vampire? They did Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It's your fault, Barry. You you made that game popular, so now they had to. People are listening to this show. (laughs) We don't know the power we have, and we're using it irresponsibly. I knew I had to do a red light, green light this episode because that news struck like today. (laughs) <laughs> and so I had to. Otherwise, grab you would have seen it before yeah. it hit any of your news feeds. Yeah. Oh my God. How? Oh, that guy. Yeah. You could have said the crazy, the that what's his name? Okay, just uh, just uh, Kirsten <laughs> show him show him a picture. What's the name of the actor? Jack Elam. Jack the guy. You could have said the crazy doctor from Cannonball Run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't remember that. Yep. That's the one. I've never seen that. You've never seen Cannibal Run? We're no. about to do a clockwork Deb. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Make her watch it. There's a lot you of clockwork going on. You forget that I am slightly younger than everyone at this table, and I also grew up in a house that the first rated R That's movie I saw when I was in high school. <laughs> slightly what younger. What was it? Uh, Hunt for Red October. Maybe it was that doesn't even count as a rated R movie. I'm just impressed <laughs> that uh, you lived with this guy so long. And haven't seen either. Well, because he Runner. brings these things up and then well, he forgets. And, and so. he, he doesn't watch uh, things twice. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah, he hates watching things How twice. How the hell can she see this A classic fine stuff? point. But then he Kay. also doesn't remember. So unless he writes it down, he's never going to remember. Going to write it down right now. <laughs> going to write it down right now. Write notes, 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 notes. Where are my notes? And Again. if you have a red light, green light to send to us, uh, put pitches, bitches in the subject title and send it to comments at geekshockpodcast.com. <laughs> And uh, and write your pitch there. I love it. Fuck you, Pat Spurls. Vampire Survivors is real. <laughs> <laughs> All Pat's fault. Now, do we have an opinion on Cannibal Run versus Cannibal Run Two? Uh, well, you gotta watch the first Cannibal Run before Cannibal Run Run Two. I, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it, them both. You okay. want you you want to get the background because uh, like no, I mean, those, I mean, is two like, even worth watching? Is what I'm asking. Oh, yes. Okay. What was the unofficial sequel that had Jamie Farr in it, and that was like there there were a handful. Of uh, there's been a few of them. Rat Race is one of those. Yeah, was a well, gum, no, Gumball I mean, Rally uh, a, yeah. a riff or a sequel or a, oh my attempt god, or it's gonna drive me crazy. There is an actual some kind of Cannonball Run. I don't know if it's called the Cannonball Run. But I just remember, yeah, it. it's it like Jamie Farr's in it. It doesn't call itself Cannonball Run, um, but it basically is. It. I'm I'm gonna oh that's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, we'll now. figure it out. But the point is, you gotta watch one and two. I don't. There's <laughs> there is no three. And unfortunately, you're gonna have to sit through a lot of Chuck Mangione 
fucking trumpet that I can't stand. Well, but, I yeah. like Chuck Mangione. <sighs> Actually, Jamie Farr's in Cannonball Run 2. Uh, sounds like elevator music. Okay, so I have to ask if any of the Shock Monkeys have actually read this book series, Raven's Shadow series, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say because it is written by a man and I tend to not like so much the series that have a, a lead woman character that are written by men. Mm. They just mm. don't write it quite the way that I would connect to it. Not the first time I've heard this. Yeah. So if anybody has actually read it, I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know that thing we were talking about with everyone on their fucking phones? That's what's happening right now. Oh, no. That's not. No. And I'm not going to bring that up. <laughs> and speaking of Clockwork Torgo, the decision has been made. Meet the Feebles is the choice. Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles. Uh, apparently, uh, the disc has already been sent to us. It's sitting in our P.O. box right now. I couldn't get to it before the show. It was closed. So... Uh, so uh, few of you have reached out. Thank you, because this is impossible to find. It's not streaming anywhere. You can barely buy it anywhere. It's a musical comedy with... I've never seen this either. A musical comedy with Muppets? This is one of Peter Jackson's earliest pictures. He made it just after Bad Taste. And it's Peter Jackson, so you know it's gross. Yeah, so it's it's X-rated Muppets, basically. Fame-seeking members of the animal kingdom experience the sleazier side of show business. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, I've it's never all kind of fucked up. It's great. Never seen it. I know it by reputation. I've watched every single Peter Jackson early work except this one. So you've watched uh-huh. Bad Taste and Dead Alive. Yes. Well, this what is else was there? this is actually going to three and complete your oeuvre. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because then he made uh, the Frighteners and, and King Kong, yeah. where he references the Sumatran Rat Monkey. Aha! Uh-huh. Yes, that's where it came from. Good times. Yeah. And I want to thank our tier three members, Dan Skeklasa, Daniel Loser, Stoop to All right. Stroke time, everybody. Elizabeth W. Thank you. Gabriel Dame, Adrian Kirsch, Major Man, Michael Hoffman, Israel175, Mohan Nair, the Microscope, Steve Biggs, Elena Nup, Kenton Miller, Asia Shakai. Oh, sorry. Asia Shockey. Asia. Asia. Asian Shockey. Asia. Asia. She's blue. Alexander West, Gober Geek, and Leon Cox. Thank you for your support, as well as Tier 4 members, Deb T, David Farrar, J.R. Conkle, and Tier 5 members, Jeff Harris, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, Glumly, Anatomic Gumby. Glumly, you got something coming! And all of our Kofi members, and you, dear listener, thank you so, so much. And thank you for getting through Food Shock today. Oh, What? Getting through? That's a goddamn delight! And a special thank you to our theme song creator, Sam Hebernan. <laughs> song's called The Burning Light. You can find it at Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitch, and the Red Light Green Light themes by Justin Nozick, a.k.a. Froyog Soft Serve. Find his music at theplaguephysicians.bandcamp.com. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know what? With all that talk, uh, I do not want any ice cream, but I would like a sandwich. Doesn't that sound good now? How about like, like an Italian sub? Wait, what's your go-to? Oh, it's definitely Italian meat. Italian sub. Yeah. You got gabagool. Uh, soprasada, maybe some prosciutto over mortadelle. Yeah. Now you gotta get the lettuce and you gotta shred it up. Hi, Master Torgo. Oh, 80s Jeff. Commander K. Blar. <laughs> and Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. And you gotta put the wow. vinegar, white vinegar with the. Uh, Why is it gotta be wine, white? Or red wine vinegar, whatever you got. Oh, balsamic. Right? Yeah, no. I it's, agree. Yes. It's, balsamic. It's too, too sweet. sweet. Too sweet. You, it's, yeah, it's, it's it overpowers right. the flavors of the meats you get on the sandwich. A little bit of red wine vinegar in there yeah. with, with some with some herbs, and then you, you you mix them all up, and then you put it on the on the on the sub like that. You lay some some flat. Uh, you get some heirloom tomatoes, the purple ones. Those are the shit. And then of course you got to use some of the hot and sweet peppers. 
Mm. No, nah, you know, I'm not big on the hot peppers. You're not big no. on the hot yeah. peppers. What about sweet peppers or like banana peppers? No, nah, nah, some pickles are good, but uh, I'm not into the peppers. Yeah, and then you got to... That's a preference. Green peppers I can get by. Don't forget the most important gotta part. Got to get the peppers. Get What's the peppers. That? Take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. Ah, yes. So uh, you're connected to all your friends. And then, on Reddit. And then you throw it yeah. away. Yeah. Hmm. What? It's a visual experience. Yeah. No one... No one <laughs> No one cares about tasting Th- it. That image is out. not going to live up to the taste no. yes. that it Sa- creates. Sandwiches are a visual art yes. only. Yeah. And I so- forgot you just eat like gray paste, right? <laughs> no. Just nutrient Soil- paste. No, it's very soil and green. It's yeah. very turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> soil and turquoise. On the on another note, speed, <laughs> speed, speed Zone was the name the movie name of the movie I was thinking of. Speed Zone, Speed and Zone, because he was speed. in Cannonball Run two, yes. as well. But far is in there again as the Sheik and Speed oh, as the Zone. She- okay, but it's not an official sequel. However, I also just learned that they released it in Japan as Cannonball Run three <gasps> colon Speed Zone colon colon back to the sandwiches. Again. Have you ever <laughs> had colon? Yeah. <laughs> It's not a good film. No. Yeah, speed Zone will blow your colon. Ah, uh, uh, super colon blow. What? It takes sixteen bowls. <laughs> Just ended already. <laughs> Just stop it! Just stop it! You're torturing the listeners. <laughs> that's what. He, that's not he all he's torturing. He likes to torture the listeners and us. Yeah. You yes. talk. You you talk shit. This sandwich thing. This is gonna happen. Sandwich survivors. That's a <laughs> video yes. game. You can't have that much to talk. I mean, you can, but anybody else <laughs> cannot have that much to talk about sandwiches. Challenge accepted. You can. You I, hence I said you can, but nobody else can, and nobody's gonna want to listen. Yeah. To well, shit. that's yeah. Who cares about the talking? What about the listening? The uh, like I swear to God, like two weeks ago, I was on this big hot dog kick, and I was looking on the, <laughs> in the car with you. I was looking. Oh, do they have any hot dog podcasts? I found that one that yeah. you, you found, but then I couldn't find any other ones. Uh-huh. And I realized I was aiming too small. I gotta go bigger with sandwiches in general. <laughs> <laughs> and what'd you find earlier today? You found there's a few sandwich podcasts. Some no, of them no, are bullshit. He, no, no. He found podcasts that were named sandwiches were about other things. Yeah. yeah and and imagine how disappointed foodies are where they look and they can't find a podcast all about actual sandwiches. I'm sure they I'm here to fill a niche. So Torn to... Up. to, to, to I think most people would rather see like a YouTube channel about food because oh. you can see it. Yeah, but see, then I got to produce all these sandwiches. It's in the whole thing. No, yes. no, 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 no. Jeff will edit for it for you. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, He's, dude. He'll Don't forget you're, he'll a t- you're a team now. You yeah. and Jeff. And you've been approved for six episodes. Get cracking. There you yeah, go. I did agree to this, didn't yes, I? Yes, you did. <laughs> you kind of did, yeah. You did. You and me, buddy. All right. That's right. When we... Rocket to the top. We're not taking this asshole with us. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking naysayers. I remember which side of the line you came in on. I say uh, the nay, sir. Wow. Sandwich shock all day long. Uh, oh. na- name TBA all day long. Mm. Name TBA. We're we're we're, we're gonna figure that out. Mm-hmm. There you go. Just call it sandwich TBA. No, no, no. <laughs> the sandwich cast. Barry's mouth. Oh no 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 no. no, 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 no. Even I'm vetoing that one. <laughs> no what? Really? You want people to to tune in. (laughs) The Alimentary Canal with Barry. No. No. No canal. No. Taste. No. Between bread. (laughs) Between bread. Taste the berry. No. What about something about cube? Cube rules. No, no. I don't want to base... Spell it with a Z. I don't want to base anything on on that. No. uh, Between two slices. It's like like a riff on between two ferns. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your your co-host does not agree. No, between no, okay. between the buns, oh, that sounds dirty. Yeah, you'll See, get clicks. Yeah, you will. Ooh. Suck my ride. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> no. Suck my ride. Are you, what? No. My prosciutto, your cheese. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. <laughs> Tip it on the side. It looks like roast beef. Nope. Okay, that, that was either. dirty again. <laughs> All right, I need help. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. This. So, Shock Monkeys, please chime in on the Discord or on go. Facebook or email vlarg at uh, geekshockpodcast.com. Yeah, because I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the names for the best sandwich podcast. <laughs> I think that's the name. And the winner. The best sandwich podcast. Oh, shit. We'll get a no expenses paid trip to Vegas. Zero expenses paid, meaning you just got to hop a flight yourself, and I'll make you a sandwich. There you go. Not in my house. I'll bring it to you. <laughs> <laughs>